Hey there, welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast for July 2020. My name's Dan, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Noma. How's it going? Not too shabby. How about you, buddy? Yeah, pretty good. Can't been complain. En- been enjoying the uh, the nice warm weather up here in Canada? Yeah, it's a nice change of pace. Stuff. And our other co-host, Edward. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm good. Just good? Yeah, yeah, I'd say just good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, and uh, today we're going to be talking about the uh, the High Republic, which was announced around f- announced in February, twenty twenty. Um, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was a little while ago. Uh, we kind of left it for a bit. We haven't done a new show in a while or discussion show, but I figured let's now that we got all the information and we got some new news on it, that we could dive into it a little bit and kind of see what we think about their initiative for the High Republic. Uh, but before we get into that, we just released our episode for The Rise of Skywalker a little while ago, and I figured it'd be a fun fact time to do our What is Your Favorite Moment from The Rise of Skywalker? Ed, start us off. See, now, I could be negative and say something movie-wise, but I won't. Instead, <laughs> uh, favorite moment was actually going to the theater to sit with you two and watch it at that point that was my favorite moment out of all that uh brotherly camaraderie (laughs) i'm crying over here (laughs) i gotta admit man it's always fun to watch star wars movies with friends i agree with you 100 Mm -hmm. that was it's so much fun to see it with people that really enjoy watching star wars Mm -hmm. and just the having that energy around when you're in the theater but no Mm -hmm. honestly i'm saying because like if I had seen that on my own, I would not have had the same reactions as I did where I could like actually like what the hell invent to somebody right away sort of thing where I'd have like that entire movie stewing in my head until I was like, get out of the theater and scream at that point. So that helped. Very nice. How about you, Noma? <laughs> uh, so unfortunately mine's more salty than Ed's is. I mean, it's half. <laughs> is it from the popcorn at the salty. theater? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I never have popcorn. Salted popcorn? <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> but, uh, no. <laughs> but, so mine is actually a bunch of moments, but all of my favorite moments from The Rise of Skywalker were every single time that J.J. Abrams goes out of his way to retcon The Last Jedi. <laughs> oh, Those, fair enough. Fair enough. Every, every time that happened, I was like, oh, just, like, because of how much I don't like Last Jedi. I mean, It's retribution like for you. Exactly. It's It's cathartic. To, to how much I hate that movie of just being a waste of time. So all the things were it was just like the mask being Kylo's mask being put back together and Luke saying that a Jedi's weapon should have more respect. The only one that I thought was a, a little bit, I was like, mm, that might be a little bit too far um, is when it's revealed. Like, I don't even know if it was intentional, but when Finn says the holdo maneuver was one in a million, which implies that Holdo was actually trying to run away and she accidentally killed herself and the supremacy <laughs> and all of those people in the fleet. <laughs> now, granted, that's also, it could be interpreted, but that's the first thing I thought when I saw that, when I heard that. <laughs> it was like, was, wait a minute. Oh my God, she was trying, yeah, she was trying to run away. So <laughs> that's funny. That one, I'm, I'm not a whole, I'm not a hundred percent. That that one was the only one where I was like, that might be a little bit too far because I didn't mind her message in Last Jedi. It was just the way it went about was really dumb but Fair yeah enough. all the little red cons were, were my favorite part 
Mine, hands down, is the, the moment when all of the ships that come with Lando come out of hyperspace to Exegol. And you just see, like, <laughs> all these different types of ships. And like I was talking about be- before, uh, Noma got me into, like, looking into about all the new ship models and stuff like that of, you know, like the YT-1300 or any of the other just, like, model numbers for, like, the VCX-100 or mm. the Ghost, all this stuff, right? And uh, it's just, it's so much fun to, to look at them and see the designs and see, like, what's gone into them. And you just see so many. Like, I still haven't figured out all the ships in that cut in that scene. Even when it's paused in 4K, it's like, okay, I see this one, I see this one, but what what is that? I can't make it out. Oh, yeah. Um, well, well, fun fact, you won't be able to recognize all of them because, actually, I don't know if this is ever confirmed. But from what I'd heard, they were using computer programs to, like, basically randomly generate some a bunch of the ships in oh, it. Oh, that's cool. I didn't oh, know that. Wow. Yeah. So so that's why you see things where it's like you see at one point uh, the Mon Calamari cruiser with, like, a bunch of pointy fins coming out of it. Okay. And stuff like that. Like, I, I from what I'd heard, that's why you can't recognize what some of the ships are. That's pretty cool. I, I just – I remember feeling in theater when I was watching it with you guys, like, the feeling of hope when everything just comes out of hyperspace. You're like, oh, Mm-hmm. To go down. I realize half of those people were there just so they could figure out where they could park something or smuggle something. And get out. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go salvage these star destroyers now and get these that cannons that are thing. planet killers. Right. <laughs> but uh, that's the force fun fact for today. Um, so if you have a moment that you really liked from the Rise of Skywalker and you want to share it with us, we'll read it on the podcast. All you have to do is tag us on Twitter at VoiceForcePod and use the hashtag ForceFunFact. Uh, remember, make sure to tag us and use that hashtag, and we'll see it, no problem. All right, Ed, do you want to tell the listeners what this episode um, usually entails? Now, what we usually go over, well, that would be anything from discussions or arguments onto video games, TV shows, comics, books, movies, general news, and I would say what, fandom, rumors, anything involved from <laughs> mostly Reddit, let's be real. Uh, board games, miniatures, events, news relating to the fandom, anything like that, really. All right. Thank you, Ed. And Noma, do you want to let the podcast listeners know about how they can get a hold of us? Sure. Uh, there's a whole bunch of ways to get a hold of us. Uh, one of the easiest is to email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com. We've also got our Twitter, which is at voiceforcepod. And uh, if you can retweet our new episode tweets, it does help with our growing listener base and is very much appreciated. Uh, outside of that, we've also got Facebook, which is facebook.com slash voiceforcepod. And our actual website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com. And as always, uh, listening, rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, and Pocket Casts. Uh, is very much appreciated and reviewing helps with visibility if you're able to and uh yeah also subscribing free for the latest episode as soon as it releases thank you noma without further ado guys let's get into the discussion topics for the high republic all right so the interesting thing was that the high republic was supposed to come out in august 2020 which is only a few Mm -hmm. months away now um, but a bit, I think it was last week or a few weeks ago, uh, on May 26th, actually, uh, Lucasfilm and Star Wars, Lucasfilm? No. 
StarWars.com published an article saying that the High Republic is changing its uh, release date due to marketplace delays, general marketplace delays. So instead of happening this August, they're actually moving it towards 2021. So the first uh, two books that are coming out, which is Charles Soule's uh, Star Wars The High Republic Light of the Jedi novel and Justina Ireland's middle grade novel Star Wars uh, The High Republic A Test of Courage will now both be released on January 5th, 2021 as well as Claudia Gray's novel The High Republic Into the Dark uh, which will be removed to February 2nd, 2021 so we're going to be moved those all the way about half a year into um, 2021 so we'll see if they stick to those dates or not, I, I really hope they do because I would have loved to have this this summer to, to work on it. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I got lots of free time to <laughs> read some more novels. I've been catching up on a whole bunch of stuff. So what do you guys think of this? It, yeah, it sucks, but do they go into real specific, specific details of why they don't? Or is it just because of they can't get together for corona because you can still do this over like a video call or something if you have to do mm. what sorry so like if they had to like come together for ideas and like use a whiteboard and stuff like that you could still do that over video call for this it was more just like the like they have everything already made and it's set to release like it's all good to go i think mm -hmm. they were just thinking that if they released it in august this like this year people aren't going to have a lot of money to buy them so it would be oh. like a, it would be like lighting a firework and it not firing off, basically, right? Like it's not they're not gonna mm -hmm. make money on it. It's not gonna be a lot of sales. So they're moving it to a point where people have the chance to, you know, have gone back to work and have had the chance to make some money to actually buy these things. That's my guess, because they mm -hmm. said due to general marketplace delays, um, whatever that means. I mean, but I, I hope that they stick to this. Um, there's some interesting things they have in this letter that they wrote. It's the creative director from Lucasfilm Publishing. Mm -hmm. Um, they said that they gave us a little bit more information in here where they said, uh, you'll hear from them this summer from the authors, but when you do, be sure to ask them about the hero of Hetzal, the twins and the blade of Bardada, the Staros and Santeca clans and the storms. So it'd be interesting to know a little bit more about those. Um, those are specific things that they included in here. That was not information they gave us before. Mm -hmm. Um, but before, I guess before we get into it too much, why don't we go back to the announcement that they did um, a little while ago about the, the High Republic. Mm -hmm. So another Star Wars article that came out on February 24th, 2020, um, is the launch of the High Republic when they announced it. Of What we knew it as was Project Luminous, and that was over at Star Wars Celebration Chicago is what they kind of teased. Um, and they were saying, like, it's going to be you know, some of uh, this big project that we were working on and we're excited for you to know about it. And that was basically all we know. And we had like mm -hmm. a placeholder for like a logo. It was almost like the Republic and empire logo kind of mashed together. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. we do have some pretty cool concept art, um, from it. And the interesting thing is that this whole era, the high Republic is taking place 200 years before the Phantom Menace. So, I don't know about you, but the first thing that comes to mind for me is that Yoda is like 600 years old. <laughs> so he's still probably within the Jedi Council or at least a Jedi Knight in this. Um, whether he's active or not, I don't know. 
Um, but I hope he's a Jedi. Maybe he isn't yet. Maybe he's just a, a force wielder that really didn't know about the Jedi Order at this point. Who knows? Um, It'd be kind of weird if he was... No, I, I feel like he, he'd have to be in the Order because... It'd be kind of weird. It's supposed he... to get you for when you're young, right? So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. it. And I don't know what young pertains as the Yoda species, but as we know, Baby Yoda's like 50 and is like a child, like a baby infant still. Mm-hmm. At 50, he's finally just starting to show, do you think? Because it's tired the amount and everything like that. So, like, 50 could be the equivalent of like five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to read a little thing here. It says. From the article, this was a golden age for the Jedi, and it's also the time of galactic expansion in the Outer Rim. So expect there to be rich tales of exploration, charting out the galaxy, meeting new cultures, and discovering what pioneer life in the Outer Rim was like. This is an incredible sandbox for our storytellers to play both play in and uh, within the publishing and sorry for our storytellers to play in both within publishing and beyond. We can't wait to see what great fiction they build within it and. Uh, there's a little bit of a trailer here that I'm going to play for the listeners. Um, so take a listen. And it, it's a, the author is talking about um, the process of, of coming up with the High Republic and uh, kind of what the High Republic is all about. So take a listen here, guys. finding ourselves at a very exciting moment with the Skywalker saga coming to an end. We're at a place of what's next for Star Wars. One of the things we've always done is be able to use our franchise platforms to explore the creative potential in the Star Wars galaxy. And so what if publishing was more of an incubation place and bring in great talent and just let their imaginations run free. put together the really unique writer's room where we had diverse voices with very different opinions about Star Wars. We all love Star Wars, but we're all coming in from very different places. This has been a very free environment for everybody to just throw things out there. We've all done lots of storytelling, but this is unique and really special. The idea that this thing has been simmering for so long. Mm-hmm. Is the secret history of the galaxy? Yep. It goes way back to the beginning of Star Wars. We gave them essentially a, a blank slate. What would you like to tell? For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights are the guardians of peace and justice. A line that we've been hearing since 1977. And we thought, you know, what does that look like? is a golden age where there's much more peace and calm in the galaxy. So we're calling it the High Republic. The description that we've used for the Jedi of this era is that they are the Jedi Knights of the Round Table. But Star Wars isn't just about Jedi, and we will tell stories of new smugglers, new scoundrels, new bounty hunters. The threat and the tension really comes from the Republic's borders, because the Republic does not extend from one side of the galaxy to the other. It's a bit of a Wild West new frontier. We see a different kind of Jedi that patrols the frontiers and is more of a Texas Ranger. 
we're now bringing in concept artists, illustrators, and visualists, the same way that you would when you're making a movie. We even had Ian McKay come down and just do sketch after sketch for us. When you have a guy who designed the look for Darth Maul sketching Jedi for you, it doesn't get any cooler than this. The scale of this initiative is really new for us. We're going to have stories for adults and teens and kids. We're building this out simultaneously across multiple publishers. It gives us the ability to tell vast interconnected stories across multiple years. There will be a core group of heroes that will expand over time. There'll be villains. Our main villain are the group called the Nile. We kind of like to refer to them as space Vikings. Their motto is, you can't take it with you, but we can take it from you. Our story starts with what we're calling the Great Disaster. It wouldn't be Star Wars without adventure. And there's definitely a series of events that will spin the galaxy into a dangerous new direction, and it'll give the opportunity for heroes to rise up. The cool thing about this is that there's going to be a story for every Star Wars fan. It's really fun to be able to keep readers on their toes. This era is ripe for storytelling. The Eureka moment was the question, what scares the Jedi? And that made us all go, ooh, something wicked this way comes. All right. Did you guys have any thoughts about the, the trailer that we got from the press release? One thing that I, I guess I missed, I didn't really realize until you guys were talking about it, was I didn't realize it was only like a, a hundred or so years before Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. That almost seems like not enough time for me. I know exactly what you mean right there. Yeah. Um, like, for, So, for example, like if you if you're reading like the Plagueis books and stuff like that, right, he's mm-hmm. already like 175 or something like that. So the things they talk about there, if Plagueis is to be considered canon, mm. right, then there's a lot of things they have to really tiptoe around. I guess he might it. be alive in here. We don't know how long the Mune race. He should be. Yeah. He's either alive not, or not as, before he's alive. Yeah, not as long as Huts, but they they do. Because in Phantom Menace, he's like old. Mm. Like almost 200 old kind of thing. So. Interesting. Is that from the Plagueis novel? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's well, EU stuff, right? So mm-hmm. hopefully they bring yeah. that in. That'd be interesting. Well, because also like old Old Republic, like the the MMO Old Republic, that's a thousand years before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it it, it feels like I, I mean, you know, they they hopefully they know what they're doing more than than I do, um, but I feel like like maybe five hundred years. Would have uh, been yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because then there's certain things. In a hundred years, you're telling me that the crossguard lightsaber fell out of practice. Fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, when that happens, it's for a good reason, and I don't really see why getting rid of. I mean, I guess it was because they they weren't expecting to fight other uh, saber use sa- saber wielders, but, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's just time it's, of high peace. Then... Yeah, I guess so. They're they're maybe a bit more demilitarized. It just seems a little bit interesting. Um, it it almost feels like it's too limiting, but I mean, who knows? Maybe, the other thing is like that I can see them doing is saying, if we're going to try this out, maybe we do it a hundred years, and then if it works really well, then they can go farther back. Yeah, 
I can see that. Um, yeah. I think the interesting thing about uh, the trailer that we listened to there, they talk about mm-hmm. like what is something that would scare the Jedi because this is a time of peace, like Ed said, mm-hmm. and basically they're at the point now where they're trying to expand into the Outer Rim a little bit more and kind of colonize planets, I guess, or at least discover new planets and make hyperspace routes and stuff like that for trade and everything. Um, I think the interesting thing is this this new threat that happens and the... I don't know what they said. It's like a some sort of event that happens that kind of throws everything into in emotion, right? Um, mm-hmm. But the the threat that's they've talked about was the Nile, the um, group of like pirates, space pirates. They said it was like space Vikings, I guess, um, that are going around and they have like it's. I listened to another audio piece that I I can't find, but they were the authors were talking about um, how they have this power with a special um, technique to do something with hyperspace that makes them super dangerous and that's why they become a huge threat to the Jedi Order and the peace in the galaxy um, but what do you think of their design like they have these big masks on with these like I don't know these like conical or um, cylindrical like uh, respirator masks things and you have characters that look like uh, Zabrax, Twi'lex uh, Gungans even um, and some other races that we know, but they're kind of all together in this like pirate gang that is super deadly. What do you guys think about the Nile? Is what the the group of people are called. Mm. It's it's one of those things where like just looking at them, I don't understand how they're a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they seem like any <laughs> other ragtag band of just you know yeah. pirates. So yeah, it's like okay, sure. You're, you're supposed to be scary, but I guess they'll explain just what makes... They can't come up with the whole... So this is what they're doing in hyperspace that makes them dangerous. Mm-hmm. Right. They can't just say that without us seeing it, so they're just like, yeah, no point. We just have to wait and see, and I think once we do, we'll be like, okay, this is why it's terrifying. Yeah, like, the, the easiest thing that could come to mind for me is... Um, and I, I, I can almost kind of see it from their designs, but they, they pull sort of like a, their, their, the equivalent of like the Mongol horde. Mm-hmm. Where there's just so many of them attacking all at the same time. They kind of like um, maybe pull something out of hyperspace or find a way to travel within hyperspace with the thing that they're trying to raid and so the you know, people can't call for help and they can just like raid it with a whole bunch of ships, do you think, maybe? May like I that it's it's that's the other thing, is it's such a fine line to draw because you technically you you can't give them anything that is more advanced than what you had in the prequels, right? Well, you, you mm. technically could, because there could be lost technology, right? But then why why wouldn't they be using it in... Like, again, lost technology over 500 years? Yeah, okay. Not, yeah, 200 is not a lot of time. Yeah, well, even if you think about many... our, our world, man, like, there's... But that's what I was going to say. How many technologies have we lost from the 1800s? Or actually, actually improved on true, more true, than true. lost. Yeah. Because you're right, in, in certain things, like Baghdad batteries, we, we don't have the Baghdad batteries anymore. But that was like 500 BC or 200 BC. I can't remember when, but like a much, much longer stretch of time. Right, um, right. So that's just what I'm curious about. Like it, it, I could, I could see it being something kind of, if you want to tweak it a little bit, something where it's like, oh, they can come out of hyperspace so much closer than anything we've ever encountered, and it's like, well, it's not so much closer than we're used to seeing in the movies, but in this time, it is something like that kind okay. of a thing where you're, you're. It, you're showing when this technology gets introduced. That would be like that would be smart. I would be super down with that. Um, or if it's something where it's like, oh, you know, they can 
Um, they can bring in like 2000 or you can bring in, Oh, actually, you know, it'd be kind of interesting. I don't know, but they can do that in open public. I was going to say if their ability was, we can have our starfighters go to hyperspace. Uh, right. And that's the like revolutionary, revolutionary technology. That would be kind of cool. Well, it's like minute. They, they finally, they're the people who miniaturize the hyper. Exactly. Hyperdrives? Okay. Yeah. 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 That, would, that, that would be really, that would be smart. Cause then you can, you can start the battle already deployed. Yeah. And so then you be- just jump in and just start fighting. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, if D&D reference is like you come into the match with your weapon already drawn yeah. rather yeah. than taking a turn to actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got to say, though, the thing that caught my eye and caught my attention in, in, the, in the trailer that we watched, they were talking about something like the, the event that kind of starts all the conflict off in this era. And they showed like the space station. Um, so I'm assuming... The, the the pirates have something to do with either raiding the station or taking control of the station or, or mm. doing something with that station. Like, we have no idea what the station is used for, but I assume it's High Republic owned and operated. Mm. Um, but I'm excited to see, like, what, what they come up with this because there's a lot of great authors in here. I don't think we talked about who is involved, but... Um, it's, it's basically everybody, right? Everyone. Yeah. Like, it's, it went... From that video that we watched, like you saw how many of them were in that room. Uh, yeah, you got like Justina Ireland, Claudia Gray, Charles Soule, Kevin Scott, and Daniel Jose Older, um, and all those, all the authors for for those five that I just listed are amazing authors, and they've done great work in the literature that we we have currently in the Star Wars universe between comics, books, and and whatnot. And uh, I'm excited to see what they come up with, especially Charles Soule. Like he is hands down my mm. favorite author in the new canon um he just he has a way with creating such a a unique take on what the force does and how it manipulates things and how it you know speaks to people namely darth vader in the comics for him mm. um mm. but if they dive into the force with this stuff i am all for it like i couldn't see them not yeah. you know there, there is, there is one thing which um, you kind of mentioned earlier, which is like, what is a threat that would scare the Jedi? Mm-hmm. And I immediately thought of something, and I want to be completely upfront. I don't think that they're going to do this because I think this carrot, but because I this, they see the thing is they could do it, and it would be super cool if they did because this is an EU character that basically doesn't exist anymore because of the new movies. Mm-hmm. But if it ended up being like if the Nile ended up accidentally waking up, uh, Dan, I don't think you know who this character is, but Abeloth. No, I don't. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, Abeloth, uh, the 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 one trapped in the maw. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. That would be sick, and it, and she would terrify the Jedi, because like if Luke in extended universe, if Luke could barely go toe to toe with her. Um, is she like a Sith the, or? So, uh, so Abeloth is. Uh, you remember Mortis, right? With yeah. the 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 Force gods, technically. Yeah, you have the, um, the sister, the brother, and the father, yeah. and they represent yeah. like the yeah. light side, the dark side, and the balance in between. Right. So Abeloth is the mother. Oh. Yeah. So her whole kind of shtick is that she was at one point a human servant, or not a human servant, but like a servant who, uh, you know, served the, the, the ones. Um, but eventually, uh, basically because she actually aged while they didn't, um, 
and she was basically the one keeping the the daughter and son in check through like actually caring for them and being an actual mother. Um, but as she got older and older, she got scared of losing them. So she ended up drinking from these two, was it drinking and bathing? I, uh, she ended up drinking from basically these two fonts like, of purified power. as yes. Yeah. The font of the power of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Basically two two like the light and dark, like, uh, concentrated. Okay. And so it, it kind of corrupted her and turned her into this monster called, well, the mother then became twisted into this thing called Abeloth. And the father was so horrified at what she'd done that he took the son of the daughter. They fled the planet. Um, and then the, the daughter and son, I think they went to Alderaan, took over the Kilix, and then got them to build two different prisons for her called Sinkhole Station and Centerpoint Station. Um, to imprison her in inside of the mob, basically. Wow. Um, and basically move around a bunch of the galaxy. Because Centerpoint Station is a super weapon that has tractor beams powerful enough to move planets. Damn. That's um, interesting. Yeah. That would be that yeah, would be definitely scary for the Jedi. Yeah, and it, it's this whole thing. Because she's horrifically powerful. And she's super... She's got all these crazy abilities, like... Just her presence makes she's kind of Cthulian because just her presence can make people start losing their minds. Um, and she can any anyone that she devours, she can then become that person. So she uses that to body swap a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I would it, I would love it if they delved into the 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 world between worlds and like the the Mortis kind of stuff. Just the the mm-hmm. mythos behind the Force and kind of deciphering the Force a little bit like more, or even just giving us more of those things right like not necessarily telling us everything they they want to they have kind of planned up with the force but just mm-hmm. like exploring that you know the mother figure of the force that would be interesting that'd be very interesting yeah, yeah exactly like and and so it'd be interesting because the biggest thing was in the original books the struggle was so tough because you like it had happened after clone wars so you know the ones basically didn't exist anymore yeah um but in High Republic, that would be more interesting because it's like, okay, so do you have to bring the ones back out and have them interact? But then how does that work? Because no one knows who they are in Clone Wars. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, it sounds like an interesting thing that you could build up to. Um, Ed had mentioned beforehand, like, as a joke that, oh, they could have, like, does that mean the Yuuzhan Vong are showing up? Which, again, I guess mm-hmm. they could, technically, because they're also um, basically out of the canon now. Yeah. Um, any Any sort of, like... Even the the is that the threat that the um this um the Chiss Ascendancy are fighting is that who the Yuuzhan Vong are, or is that something completely yeah. different? Um, they're they're the one that they mentioned a couple of times. They they weren't fighting the Yuuzhan Vong, but the Yuuzhan Vong's scout fleets, like recon fleets, were hitting them before anybody else. Okay. Yeah, and that's the whole like in extended universe. That's the whole thing when Palpatine meets the Chiss. Yeah, they tell him about this. And that was kind of one of the interesting things was part of the reason Palpatine's regime is so um, is so brutal in the extended universe was because he was trying to militarize the galaxy as fast as he could so that he'd have a strong enough force to fight the Yuuzhan Vong once they came in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that becomes a whole thing in the books where the, the Republic realizes what he was doing, but they realize too late because the Vong have already invaded by then. And that could mm-hmm. still happen you know, after Rise of Skywalker, I, I wouldn't doubt that. Like, especially because, in like, this is getting to spoiler territory for people who haven't watched Rebels or read any of the Thrawn books. But uh, if you don't want to listen to this part, <laughs> skip ahead about a minute and a half. 
Um, so what I'm thinking is like we still have that the end of Rebels where um, Ezra takes Thrawn and they just jump into hyperspace with the the big whales, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then we have at the end of Rebels, you know, Ahsoka and Sabine going out to find them. Um, and in the in the novels for Thrawn, they're referencing the Chess Ascendancy and uh, they even dive into the the Chess Ascendancy a little bit and they they reference this threat that's out there that um, that the Chess Ascendancy is dealing with and uh, how they are going to you know survive this this massive threat that's coming in. Um, and so I think that might be like the Yuuzhan Vong kind of threat, whatever this threat is that's screwing up with the Chiss Ascendancy and stuff. I feel like that's going to come in as like a post um, uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker story. Whether that's going to be a movie, a TV series, a bunch of books, comics, or like a mixture of all of that. I believe mm-hmm. that's that's what those are going to be. Um, but it would be interesting if we had like a proto kind of type of Yuuzhan Vong in this. And I, I think the Nile are going to be like a pseudo pseudo Yuuzhan Vong. Like there's there's this new threat that came out of where they don't know yeah. and they have this new technology that they're allowed to or this new technique that allows them to do something with hyperspace that makes them severely dangerous to the entire Republic, right? Yeah, like I, I feel like they'll be they'll be the opening threat, right? Yeah. And then yeah, then I'll we'll give way to whatever yeah, exactly, like whatever big thing comes in. Um, you don't think the Nile? You, you said, said the you don't think the Nile is going to be the threat throughout the entire like two hundred years or whatever? Nah, they can't be. There's yeah, no it, way. It's it's too simple. Okay. Unless yeah. like you know Talon cards running the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. I'd be confused. He's a couple of hundred <laughs> years completely. <laughs> so, but yeah, like because the other thing with Yu and Vong that would make it kind of weird if they showed up in High Republic is then you'd know. Like everyone would know from then on, right? That these and Bong mm-hmm. exist, and um, half of the EU stuff couldn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, and and already, it, it you can't really. It'd be hard to do use and Vong after Rise of Skywalker. I mean, you could do it, but they've gutted ninety percent of the cast already, right? Yeah. Um, so it'd, it'd be rough to do. They didn't. They didn't even introduce some of the. Oh man, one of my favorite characters in use and Vong is Paleon, because Paleon just comes into his own so much. It turns out to be such an awesome commander for the Republic, but that's, I don't know, that's a whole thing that they could, I guess they could do, because they mentioned him in one episode of Rebels, but I don't know. Okay. Um, now let's get into some of the, the concept art that we got for uh, the High Republic. So if you guys open the link, the the one for um, Lucasfilm to launch Star Wars The High Republic publishing campaign in 2020, um, mm. if you want to look at that first piece of artwork there, we can talk about that. Just with all the Jedi holding their lightsabers up. Oh, oh yeah. So I see. Oh, never mind. That's the Twi'lek. Oh wow. That's so for those who can't <laughs> see, um, we'll have the link in the description for the episode. Uh, but we have uh, a photo here that is basically just like a High Republic concept art of Jedi and just them holding their lightsabers up to the sky, almost like uh, Episode Four original movie poster art with Luke Skywalker holding his lightsaber up. Mm-hmm. Um. What do you guys think of the the lightsaber here? We got the uh, like the cross guard you'd have like on a on a great sword or something like that from medieval era. What do you guys think of the design for that? I like it. Yeah, I honestly do. I think it's a good yeah, flair, it, and it's it still gives simple. This, like they they said in the video, like they want to go with the knights, of, like the Jedi Knights of the Round Table, and I think I feel like that evokes it very much. 
Yeah. Yeah. They also, I, I can't remember if it's in, I don't think it's in this video, but in, in an interview or something, I think they mentioned that the cross guard's made of cortosis. Oh, so it can uh, stop blades. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it has a practical purpose, which I think is, is really good, right? If you're going to add something like that, make it for a cool reason. Mm-hmm. Um, like the vents in, in, for the cross yeah. guard saber. I do like the cross guard saber, but the vent, the vent reasons kind of, kind of make sense. Because it's unstable, right? Um, That's what I yeah. gathered. Yeah, pretty much. So the crossguard um, one makes a lot more sense. The only thing about that is that if it is made of it, it, if they have to find some way for it to not interact with the emitter at all, because then it'll short out. True. Yeah, that's true. Now you do see that one Jedi in the back there who has a purple lightsaber. I'm excited to know the origins of that crystal, as you guys mm. were talking about with uh, Shatterpoint. Yeah, because yeah, that's <laughs> that's gonna be another thing, right? Like, how how is that gonna happen? And green and blue, but that was the ones from before anyway. But yeah, how are they going to explain this? I don't know about you yeah. guys too, but we have a Marillion on the right side there. The green um, mm. species with like the little um, designs on their face. That's, oh. I think Barris Ophi. Mary Allen? Mary Allen, sorry, yeah. Barris yeah, Ophi yeah. was one of them um, in yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. So we get a little bit more of that. We have a, a Twi'lek, a, a red or like a orangey There's red kind of looking Twi'lek in the mm. front there. I'm just glad that we get different colored Twi'leks finally again. <laughs> Because every Jedi we see, it's like we have Aayla Secura, blue. who is blue. blue. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, quick, name another Twilight Jedi. I don't I don't know them. <laughs> but I'm just excited because one of my favorite characters from the EU, who I know a little about, is Darth Talon, who is a, a Sith Lord, who yeah. is red, and she's got these awesome um, tattoos or like markings on her, her leku, which is like the, the head tails. And she's a badass. So um, I'm excited to see if they they have something similar for at least some of the Jedi that we get. I mean, like badass, maybe like um, just different, like you know, Qui Gon Jinn, where like he didn't really agree with what the Jedi were doing at the time. No partisanship. Yeah, just like a different view of the Force and a different view of you know the relationship between Jedi and the Force. Mm. Is there anything else you want to say about this first piece, or can we move on to the second piece? Uh, just, oh, just, just yeah, just what you kind of mentioned before. I'm curious to see what if that purple saber is going to have any significance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the only this is just minor, minor thing for me. The one character holding a double bladed lightsaber. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that hilt is way way too short. Yeah, it's right? pretty small. It is. It's like that's, a normal sized blade. Yes, yeah. that's, that's yeah. the first thing. And she's. It looks like she's the like, young form of Keith Trennis or whatever. From the from the characters or whatever in the last link that we had up. Oh, okay. yeah. Because she's recently a knight, right? Of like three weeks or something like that, according to whenever. Yeah, we'll get we'll into we'll books, get into but... like those specific characters in a second. But yeah, maybe it is. It kind of looks like so, her. At that point, she's like, okay, maybe this one broke because it was too short. So now there you go, get a new one. <laughs> uh, we do have the second picture, which gives us a little bit of a closer look up. Almost maybe like the Jedi Masters and their Padawans, or some Jedi oh, Knights and Padawans. There's another purple lightsaber. There is, there's yeah. So there's, there's another wait, purple there's and three. a pilot. Or yeah, there's, there's a, yeah. a Master has one too. Um, but what is yeah. the species in the middle? In the, is that is that right? uh, Deveronian? No. A little no. Padawan there. It kind of like it's got that like the horn like the Deveronians do, but I don't know. That's interesting. I don't think we've Pantolan, seen that yet. Deveronian mix, maybe? yeah, right. It could be a, a mixed is, species. It, Chiss wouldn't be if they're just discovering the outer rim right now. There's no way. Oh, here we're talking about Twi'leks too, and there's a blue that blue Twi'lek. Make any sense? <laughs> yeah, that's 
right? It's super. No, no. See, I, I got to go back to that point now because <laughs> you're playing. You're playing the old public right now. The outer rim is there. What the hell is there for them to? Well, the outer rim. To... The outer rim in the old republic is there, but that's EU now. Right? Are you kidding? Well, yeah. <laughs> Technically, right? I'm. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Like, if they're dealing with new canon stuff, they have free reign to make it oh, however wow. they want to, right? At this. Yeah, this and, point, and I mean, that's that's, that's why that's why you can see Valkorion in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> As a gen- He's coming in, man. The Internal Empire is coming for you. Yeah. Right. Oh my God, that's like young young Valkorion right there. Yeah. Um. But we do get like the oh, he, the Grand Inquisitor. Benjamin Button syndrome. Now? Yeah. The the Utapalan. Yeah. He yeah. looks almost exactly like him with the markings. They all looked really similar on that planet, though. Mm-hmm. The lines on there. They look like the, I'm not. I'm not trying to be rude, but they all look like they got run over by a tire. I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing. When uh, I was a so kid Dan... and I watched episode three, that's the first thing I thought. So th- this is when we learned that Dan is space racist. I thought. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You got me there. No. <laughs> um, so as we as we go through that, um, there's some pretty interesting character designs. Like the the Jedi definitely have that brown and tan Jedi robe kind of thing going on, almost like a goldy color to give them a little bit more of like a, a higher stature um, of like a we can kind of be that that guiding light, I guess. Um, but I, I don't know. I like these these character designs. Um, now, the one thing I do want to ask, because I know this is going to make Noma really happy, is mm-hmm. uh, the, the statement that Kathleen Kennedy gave out, which is, we are so excited to be opening up such a rich, fertile era for our authors to explore. We'll get to see the Jedi in their prime. What do you think of that by Kathleen Kennedy, Noma? I feel like I, that's, a, that's a pretty good generalization of like what this 200-year gap is going to be about. Is it? It, it kind of seems, like seems like a nothing statement to me. Yeah, see, uh, I see it as a loaded one, though. Yeah. Because, like, oh, we get to decide when they're in their prime, and it's now. And it's That's fair. Completely new thing, because everything that was in the EU and everything like that from, like, thousands of years ago or whatever, it's like, no. Nah. When they were having the freaking wars against the armies of the dark, they weren't in their prime to do that. Yeah, right. They won. It, it <laughs> just kind of hits me at the same, the same kind of statement you see where it's like, like, oh, you're not going to believe how powerful the First Order is. Or, man, when you see what yeah. Captain Phasma does, you're going to be blown away. It's it's like just something to say. <laughs> it's just me. words that... it's Yeah, it's just the words that they have to say to try and get people excited, right? I, I, feel I mean, take, take it with a grain of salt, because Kathleen Kennedy could say that she's going to give me all of the Star Wars merch that currently exists, and I would assume that it's a lie and there's a catch-at somewhere. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? Is, is, is it like, we bit. have the High Republic all <laughs> yeah, ready to go, exactly. and then, like, December 2020... On the thirty first, they're gonna be like, "Oh, we yeah. cancel it." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be terrible. Like it's it's just it's just one of those things where it. I I don't know if I've ever explained this before. Like I've definitely voiced these opinions, but the way that that it my trust works with people, people that I don't know specifically, mm-hmm. is that you get three chances. Right? If you lie to my face three times, I'm just gonna assume from then on out that everything that's being said to me is a lie, right? This is why you've heard me go on rants about, like, you know, video game companies like EA and Ubisoft. and Because when you lie to me three times in a row and say, oh, guys, you don't even understand how much work we put into Mass Effect Andromeda. And then it's like, <laughs> finally, garbage pile, right? God, we've, been, oh, we've, been, we've been working on this game since Mass Effect 2 ended. 
So it's it's like six years of time, and then it no, it was actually like twelve months. It's mm. like okay, so yeah, if I don't if I don't know the person after after those three strikes, I'm just gonna assume it's a lie. So when I see, I don't know, that's where I'm coming from with this. Yeah, it's just true. she's she's saying the thing, and I'm gonna wait until the stuff actually. It doesn't mean I'm gonna say, oh, I'm I'm not gonna give High Republic a try. I'll give High Republic a try, but I'm not gonna use any of those certain people's statements to influence me if claudia gray uh came out and said that that same thing i'd be like oh, a little bit cool. more I'm, yeah I'm interested. yeah a little i'm bit interested more... in reading Sorry, <laughs> off, but yeah look I, i'm more interested in reading into the dark now because same kind of thing right like when we went over lost stars lost stars like i don't like the ending but that, no one lied to me about the ending right i just feel like that's not when it should it should have ended beforehand yeah yeah, but in terms of the book itself, I did like the, I did like Lost Stars right up until the the ending. And I uh, find that Claudia Gray's writing is very well written. Like it's not yeah. hard to read. Well, that's one of the things that I I did like about Lost Stars was I, it's it wasn't like a like a Twilight. Not that I've actually read Twilight, but it wasn't like one of those kind of young adult romances. No, 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 you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to tell us that you read Twilight. We know that you have. <laughs> like, relax, man. Fun fun fact. Um, I was talking to someone about. Um, Twilight a couple of weeks ago um, because there was a YouTuber that we both watched who did a video on on that stuff, and uh, he was he he did not believe me when I said that I learned from that video that there were werewolves in Twilight because <laughs> I just I didn't I didn't know that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, we're getting off off track now. Um. Okay. Um, so let's get back into the the we'll go to the covers here for each book. So we got the first one is by Claudia Gray. You said it was Into the Dark. Um, it looks like it's between like a maybe yes. like a Republic soldier and a Jedi. Um, I assume they're probably like from just from the picture here. It looks like they're on a ship and maybe they're being raided because um, the lightsaber's ready. They have like a thermal detonator in their hand, but See, it, it looks um, interesting. I'm I'm definitely down for for a book from Claudia Gray. Well, now this is a young adult you, novel too. Did you ever do the HK quest for? Yes. You know, like when when you had to go like unlock them, I mean, you were in that ship, and it was like a death ship, and you had to like find things and turn on life support and thing, or you would just like choke. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm. I feel like this just based on what you said, because you see you see the you see the blast doors that are kind of like half open, right? In the background there, just yeah, behind. yeah, where the girl is yeah. standing in front of. So it it could be like a dead ship that's like um, completely like they're trying to try and like rescue somebody and they run into even more tra- crazy stuff. This I just in, I have a synopsis. Is there an actual synopsis? Yeah, oh, if yeah. you click the link underneath where it says available for pre-order, it tells you a synopsis. Oh, well, let's yeah. read this. Okay. Well, Padawan Reith Silas is being sent from the cosmopolitan capital of Coruscant to the undeveloped frontier, and he couldn't be less happy about it. He'd rather stay at the Jedi Temple, studying the archives. But when the ship he's traveling on is knocked out of hyperspace in a galaxy galactic-wide disaster, Wreath finds hmm. himself at the center of the action. The Jedi and their traveling companions find refuge on a, what appears to be an abandoned space station. But oh. then strange things start happening, leading the Jedi oh. to investigate the truth behind the mysterious station, a truth that could only end in tragedy. Let's mm-hmm. see So that... That gives us a little bit me... more information on possibly what the pirates are up to. Right, well, that... that almost implies to me that the thing they can do with hyperspace is disable it. Yeah. Or do the the gravity wells. But again, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. The interesting thing though is that when I listened to the the press conference with the authors, 
they said it's like they can do something with hyperspace or from what i remember um they can do something in hyperspace that hasn't been done before yeah. whether that means in this time period or in star wars in general i don't know i i hope because they're pushing it because the chists were the ones who were using like interdictors to begin with or it wasn't even that it was the oh, i won't say anything actually. <laughs> <laughs> um but what do you guys think you think that's a, a story that you want to read like i'm intrigued Definitely. You know what? I already told myself I'll read everything that comes up for this just at the beginning. Just <laughs> oh, because. really? I'm excited for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, we have something... to for our podcast. Like, you have no choice but to read these things, guys. Oh, I'm yeah. holding you hostage. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping there's an audiobook <laughs> version, but... Oh, there will not, be for yeah, every single one of these. There will okay, be. Perfect. But, like, at the same time, it's it's that, like, I'm going to have that Dan twist on this and be like, no, I want to enjoy these. I want them to mm. be enjoyable. So and I, I think, want yeah. to go in with my head up for these. That's the thing that we really do with Star Wars for the most part. I mean, I can't speak for Noma specifically. <laughs> but, like, I try and go into Star Wars. And I, f- I feel like Eddie do this, too. Um, mm-hmm. That, like, when I when a new piece of Star Wars comes out, I, I go into it thinking I'm going to love it or enjoy it. And then mm-hmm. if it proves me wrong, it proves me wrong. And I'm just like, okay, that's not a piece of Star Wars that I really enjoyed. I'm just going to, you know, go to a different piece of Star Wars. Or, like, what's the next new thing? Um, exactly. And hopefully something comes out of it, right? Like, there's some novels that we, we haven't read yet or some comics that we haven't read yet on the podcast. But I've read personally um, that, like, honestly, I just cannot wait to get to. Um, mm-hmm. Like, namely Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Like, that book, yes. I cannot yes. wait to get to that. Um, and, like, it just, there's a lot of stories that happen that, you know, might not hit me the right way, but it might hit somebody else the right way, and they really like it. Like, you know what? There might be a, a person in this world that really likes Heir to the Jedi. I didn't. He fondles a noodle <laughs> to use the Force, and that was it for me. <laughs> but, you know, like, there's things that come out, and there's some, like, the nice thing about this initiative is that the High Republic, this is coming out when no movies are coming out. The only TV series we're getting is The Mandalorian Season 2. Um, right before all this happens, because we're it's starting in the fall. Um, but all this stuff, we have young adult books, young adult comics, uh, adult, like not adult, but like uh, novels, right? Uh, full mm-hmm. novels. And we get like full comic books based on this whole era of Star Wars, the High Republic. So I feel like it's going to it's gonna hit everybody at a different, a different way because they're trying to have a story for everyone is what they said, right? So yeah. you might not like... The next book, which is just you know Ireland's a test of courage, which is um, basically yeah, very made for much more kid eight to twelve year olds, like. right? Yeah. Um, did you want to say anything anybody else about the last book, or we go into the synopsis for this one? I just need to. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say I just need to to uh, justify uh, or not justify. I just need to defend myself with Dan's attack. I, just I'm, I'm not trying to attack you, man. I'm just trying to say <laughs> no, 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 like, no, 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 I didn't take it seriously. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, you're, you're if not, you want me to attack no, no. you, I can literally come to your house right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got a two-hour drive. Bring it now. Let's go. <laughs> um, well, because you're not completely wrong. Like my my viewpoint on this stuff is, like, I hope I like it. Yeah, I figured it so, was. Yeah, like I'll still I'll still read into the dark and and the new comics and all that stuff, but it's like my viewpoint of it is the same viewpoint I have with Warhammer because it's similar in both regards where it's a IP that I really enjoy and in both cases I get to watch both of them just get dragged through the dirt by people who don't really know what they're doing. Um so that's that's what kind of gave me this pessimistic attitude is is watching I will say Games Workshops uh, treatment of Warhammer 40k was worse than um, 
what Star Wars has gone through. For Disney? Uh, yeah, with, with their whole kind of bungling, and, yeah, stumbling yeah. and falling. Bungling is the right word. Um, yeah, because the difference being that Star Star Disney just didn't know what they wanted to do with Star Wars, and they didn't have a good enough plan in motion. Um, by about halfway through my time with Games Workshop, they were actively trying to destroy the hobby. Um, Those are the guys so, who make Warhammer, just so listeners yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the guys who make Warhammer. Um, they were just going out of their way to bleed their customers dry for every cent that they were worth, and basically telling them that they were all wrong and they were the like they were the only people who know how the game worked um Seriously? yeah it reminds me of like the diablo conference where it's like what you guys don't have mobile phones <laughs> exactly. well, no. that's you're, you're, you're you're closer than you think um <laughs> because there was a point where the ceo of games workshop an asshole named tom kirby uh came out and said that games workshop is not a games uh company he he went out of his way to try and destroy the hobby. The bright side, and it's what I'm hoping uh, Star Wars starts doing as well, is that when he got let go, he was replaced by a guy called Kevin the Roundtree. And the company's not perfect yet, but they've like tripled their stock value since then. Um, They're doing something right. Yeah, exactly. They they've just been getting better and better. Um, they're doing a couple things that I still don't agree with, but. You know, I can't complain compared to all the stuff that they've saved. So hopefully, Star Wars does the same thing. If High Republic was the start of that, that would be amazing. Yeah, um, I feel like actually, people I guess, working on this, they really care. Mandalorian, yeah, Mandalorian I guess was Mandalorian was the start of that. Yeah. And Clone Wars, Mandalorian, season, Clone Wars. the last yeah. Clone Wars and, season was like perfect. I'll, I'll take your word for more of it. Oh man, <laughs> Noma, I cannot believe it's been months since it ended, I, and you still I haven't can't. watched the end of it. Dude, I just can't. Good. The twins are just driving me insane. I told just you, skip, skip those episodes. Just skip it. Just skip <laughs> it. I, I should. I should. Just skip them and come but back I'm, to them if you really want to. I'm on the last one where, oh, okay. like, last of those four episodes, so. Yeah, if you yeah. guys are Once listening, I... I recommend skipping the middle four episodes of the classic season of Clone Wars, because if, if <laughs> it's hard. You've seen, you've seen the episode of Clone Wars where Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Count Dooku all get captured by Hondo's pirates. You have seen those first three episodes. <laughs> Pretty much. I can't speak for the fourth one, but from the sounds of it, you've seen all three to four episodes. So, yeah. <laughs> um, let's get into this next book here. Mm -hmm. Republic, A Test of Courage. Eight to twelve-year-old, but they're kind of... Forget um, that. I'm still going to read it. Pushing this towards... Uh, more <laughs> so, like, you can, you can bet your butt that I'm going to be having this book in my classroom. Um... Ah, oh, so you have an excuse. To I do. I, I'm, gonna I'm gonna have a copy one. for myself, and I'm gonna have a copy for the kids. <laughs> um, so this one, the synopsis is: When a transport ship is abruptly kicked out of hyperspace as a part of a galactic-wide disaster, newly minted teen Jedi Vernestra Rowe, a young Padawan, an audacious tech kid, and a son of an ambassador, are stranded on a jungle moon where they must work together to survive both the dangerous terrain and the hidden danger lurking in the, lurking in the shadows. So this one seems there's not just like a one-off like thing that happens to kick everything out of hyperspace in that area it's like galaxy wide which is interesting mm -hmm. that's something new that we haven't seen before yeah yeah so at this point except for order 66 you know so that's true that is galaxy wide yep. yeah so at, at this point it seems like they have just said now that the hyperspace the the event that kicks off this thing is they either disrupt or or turn off hyperspace for everybody Ooh. Uh, yeah, that would be terrifying. Yeah, that's yeah, what it right. seems like here, yeah. So, and it looks like is... the art for this, we have the droid that is, might not be the same droid, but it looks like the droid from the Clone Wars series that was voiced by David Tennant. 
that deals with Padawans. Oh, yeah. Because oh. it says, like, these are Padawans, right? And uh, mm. it looks like it says, young Padawan, uh, what is it, Jedi, Vernestra, Roe, a young Padawan, uh, an audacious tech kid, and a son of an ambassador. So there's four different, very different people on this yeah, ship. Vernestra is, like, she's, like, just become a knight. She's 16. Oh, there you mm. go. Oh, was that on the next next article? That was from the one before. Very good. All right. Um, any other opinions on this book, or do you want to move to the next one? Um, no, nothing really. the The only thing I can the only thing I can think of, which I guess will tie into the last book that we talk about, is if if they're kind of doing it like this because they've shown it three times in the video trailer and it's featured in one of the novels. I feel like that station, that space station that they were showing is going to play into this galaxy-wide disaster, but we can talk more about that when we get to the book that has it. Okay. Um, Ed? Yeah. Anything this else? This book... I don't have much to say about it. I want to know more about her. Is the biggest thing of Renestra. Okay. And how, mm. like, how she's such, like, the... I can't say virtuoso, but like how how she's a genius with this or whatever that makes her the youngest in a generation kind of thing. Oh yeah, that's the this mm-hmm. Jedi. Because that's that she, that's her. Yeah. yeah, she's the youngest Jedi Knight in in the history of the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. See, that that'd be kind of cool if she's like um, this kind of air this Prodigy? time periods uh, Anakin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, that'd be interesting. The next book is actually a comic book series by IDW, which specializes in like little kid comics almost. Oh, um, sorry, like sorry, 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 sorry. Just before you get into that. Yep, go ahead. See, on this cover, on the concept part, I don't know if it's concept, it is for her, but like she's got like the blue saber there where she has like a purple one in this book. So mm. either they fully went over her character design for some reason or she mm. like... They might have just changed it from might... the concept art towards the book. Maybe, but I, I hope this is like a formation one. It's just like after this, she goes into that kind of style. Oh, that'd be cool. Or that'd something. Be cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, the next the next book that we have is actually a comic book series by IDW, which are published by IDW, which is more focused on like um, comics for kids, like introduction comics, like Star Wars Adventures series that they had, um, which were a little bit more kid friendly. Okay. Um, this is actually called Star Wars: The High Republic Adventures, so it's it's similar vein of like the Star Wars Adventures comics, but it's taking place in the High Republic. Um, on the front here, we have a race that I don't I'm not familiar with. It looks like an elf. And a cat right. person. No, that's dude. That's Zeb. Yeah. That's uh, what I was wondering. Because Lasad are kind of hunched, aren't usually, aren't they? And they're they're usually purple, aren't they? That's all we know. From, we only know him, really. Well, we we saw yeah. the other Lasats in Rebels. Well, um, a little bit. He has a point though, because Jaro, Tapal, and Fallen Order doesn't. He much. stands up right straight. Yeah. True. It could be. He could be. That'd be interesting. Um, he. I like his design. Like he's got that like cape poncho-y thing. Um. And he's got like the he's almost like an explorer's kind of garb going on here, and his mm. and that's Farza, Farzaza is his name, and then his companion there, who also is the Jedi, it looks like, is Luca, a female human, looks like, um, and she's got more mm. of like a regal kind of explorer's outfit on, from what I can see. That just seems like the design of the age, really, because yeah, everybody's robes and everything they still have. It, it is something I'm curious about because what, what I'm noticing with all this High Republic stuff is the, the Jedi outfits are a lot more elegant. And Regal. It's like the Roaring Twenties yeah. of anything. That yeah, yeah. Like they they so, very much have like gold and like brown and like pale colors scheme to yeah. it. Yeah. So, so I'm curious during this whole High Republic arc what 
how bad this event has to be to transition them from like a Knights of the Round Table to monastic. What they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, we can't, ha- like, I'm assuming maybe this is the part where like they they are allowed something to feel things, the but then something yeah. happens where they they feel like the emotion is a bad thing. So they have to just throw hmm. that away. That, uh, yeah. Hmm. Like maybe it, it costs it's... the Jedi Order something that they can't lose and they, they do. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, I wonder how I'd feel about that because again, it's one of those things where I feel like a hundred years is not enough time for that to be set up as like a a real quotes tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like the five hundred might have been better for that, but at the same time, you know, depending on how bad the event is, yeah, um, it could be. Anyway, yeah, ignore, like, clim- not climactic, um, like end of world. Catastrophic. Cataclysmic, yeah. Cataclysmic. 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 Yeah. It's like a cataclysmic event for the Jedi Order. Yeah. Okay. Like, if, if it has something to do with if their last enemy is, like, a Force user, um, if they realize that the only way to beat it is to purge all their emotions, mm-hmm. then, you know, then it makes sense mm-hmm. in 100 years why they do that. I hope they do something that, um, that makes sense and we're all happy with, but something that we don't realize, like, don't think about. You know what I mean? That's the thing that makes me yeah. happy is, like, when I read One Piece, the, the Japanese manga that we all read, um you included listeners if you don't listen to or read any of that you should read it all um but the thing is like it's only 900 chapters it's it's a good read you you can read that (laughs) in a few months during during quarantine um the nice thing about one piece i think i've said this before on the podcast is that the author oda he does things like he sets up things way way in the past but then he revisits them and he also Mm. does things like people are always guessing theories and stuff online about the manga and like what's going to happen next or what's going to happen with this character or like what is this character and what is what is their deal but he always finds a way to make something not always but he finds nine times out of ten a way to make something as impactful and original and amazing as possible and that's what really keeps us coming back to it i feel and one of one of the great things with that which it's it'd be harder to do with this but i feel like you there there are ways that you could do it in this is um a lot of the questions that people ask they're not questions that are super relevant to the main story mm-hmm. yeah like yeah they're they're more lore based or just kind of weird mysteries that don't directly impact the plot because there's a great one with the arc that we're on right now um where i, I don't want to say too much but uh they basically there was a point in this newest arc where they revealed something that had been a question for 12 years and they finally time. yeah and they finally yeah answered it and they finally explained one question that people had been asking for 12 years but the reason that's such an amazing payoff is because it, it again it wasn't plot important it and was no one's like expecting it a thing yeah so you can do things like that could you do that with high republic yeah i'm sure you could i'm sure there's questions that haven't been answered but that's i think the main thing is it has to be something that isn't primary lore focused mm-hmm. that has to explain that um, so yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe what happens in this is what makes all of us thought hunched. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Maybe or why Yoda speaks backwards? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the next comic is by uh, Marvel, which is like their main comic publisher. Uh, this is made for everybody, but most like this is like the adult focused stuff, I guess. Like people that want to see teen to adult. Yeah, the people that want to see like the the nitty gritty of Star Wars. Um, so this is just called Star Wars The High Republic. Um, they don't really have anything on it except for this variant cover, um, which has a Twi'lek and I think a Zabrak up in this yeah. uh, n- n- uh, mm-hmm. Nile kind of 
garb with the helmets and the bandoliers and these like staff gun things. I mean, they look badass. Like they look like junk pirates. Like they've salvaged mm. this stuff and they've made. I don't. I don't know if they use this type of gas or something. I assume that's what those masks are for. Um, and those canisters on the Zabrak's body there, but it looks cool, and I'm excited to see if we get like an inside scoop on the Nile with this comic series. Um, that'd that's, be cool. That's a good. That's a good point. If they're like drugged up pirates, then that could yeah. give them a slight uh, an edge against the Jedi. Yeah, could you imagine if they have uh, like a like a some sort of like drug that gives them like physical prowess or immunity ad- to the Force yeah. or something? Yeah. That would be yeah, interesting. That, that that's a whole interesting thing they could dive into as well. Oh god, this might get into a huge tangent, but man, if you look at the the drugs, quotes quotes in, in Star Wars, Star Wars yeah. it it's one of those things where it just makes it really obvious that Lucas was never didn't or didn't do drugs that much. <laughs> Cuz like spice always confused me. It's like, "Oh, it's this like it's this thing that you put under your tongue." And then you get real high and it's like, "I okay, uh so it's just lsd but different <laughs> but yeah so this this kind of like more aerosolized version like kind of kind of like a combat stim or something that would be kind of interesting and we haven't really um, seen stims or anything like it's in the star wars games all over the place but it's never yeah it's never in this yeah the only and thing I, you would see is just like back to Colto stim or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. Because even like Star Wars: The Old Republic, the MMO, there are combat stims, there are stamina stims, there are like a whole bunch of stuff and like implants and things. Like maybe these helmets actually are like an like a attached to their being, right? And like give them some sort of like heightened senses or something. Um, but mm. like it looks like the Twilic there, she has, and and the Zabrak here, they have like that coil coming down from the mask mm. into some sort of pod, whether that's like oxygen or if that's the combat stim or whatever it is. Mm. Um, we'll find out. Yeah, the the only other thing about this big, and this is super minor, like this doesn't bug me. I just find it more funny than anything else. Um, but I was talking about this with Ed for a little bit. Um, there's a few small art mistakes on this image. <laughs> if you look at the barrel of the gun that the Zabrak guy's holding, um, the the open area between the barrel is just a gray block, and it's just cutting off the Twi'leks uh, leg that should be going through there. Super, super minor thing, but just something that I was looking at the image being like, something looks kind of weird here. Oh, the leg. Where just artist. Is that? Uh, so if you look at uh, the Twi'leks' left leg, yeah, um, where that intersects with a gun barrel, her leg should keep going, and you should be able to see that kind of line of her leg. But oh, the gun barrel's okay. gray, and it just kind of blanks out the thing, because that uh, whatever pack she's got should also be showing through that. Oh, yeah. it's I said. It's got like a weird gray thing. I think that, yeah, it's a yeah. variant art, but maybe that might be an error they hopefully print oh yeah well and and i'm also assuming this is just stuff that they just fired out as fast as they could right like just to to show people what it's going to look like so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not going to hold this against them at all it's just i I was just looking like it's just my artist ocd i was looking at it being like something's kind of off here but i can't tell what oh there it is so um so uh... i bet you point that out they'd just be kicking themselves being like oh fuck's sake (laughs) (laughs) hey at least if, if for some reason any of them actually hear this and uh, fix it, <laughs> at least I at least I found it before it went to print. <laughs> and then you would say you could made your mark on Star Wars. Yeah, right. That's your debut. <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not count any of the movies that I've worked on. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. That is fair. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um. So the next one is the novel by Charles Soule. This is an adult novel. It says, um, it's called Star Wars: The High Republic, Light of the Jedi, and. Uh, the synopsis is not very long, but it says here... Oh, but... Um, sorry, go ahead. 
Yeah, I'll just read this quick and then we can jump into it. Uh, the events of the novel are set two centuries before the events of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. The story follows Jedi Avar Chris as the Jedi Order faces a new threat. Now, um, I'm looking on Wikipedia just quick, and they have a section here where it says continuity. It says the character Avar Chris first appeared in the comic book Kylo Ren, uh, The Rise of Kylo Ren, or issue three. Um, so there's continuity there. I think it was a flashback um, in that one, if I'm not mistaken, or a mention of the Jedi. Oh, I think I know what it is. It's a holocron. And the holocron oh, okay. opens up with her and she's talking about something, um, some secret cool. from the Jedi Order. So that might be mm-hmm. something that we might see her create in this book or just, you know, mm. just a cool continuity thing. But it's Charles Soule, so he did that yeah. comic series and he's made this book. So obviously he's going to have continuity between them. Did did he do the Vader? Uh, the Original Vader. Original Vader, okay. Because I was going to say that that reminds me of the moment callbacks. The moment was in mm-hmm. initially in Lando, which he wrote, and then he did the Darth Vader yeah. series. Uh, okay, yeah. So it seems like that same guy. Like this is a guy who really knows that kind of One Piece style callbacks that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he knows. That's really he knows cool. his stuff, and that's why I like Charles Soule because he really does form characters and remember them and bring them back into other pieces. So there's like mm-hmm. you have that feeling of like this is the same universe. You know, it's not like you have yeah. Han Solo in this book, and then it's just like completely different characters in this book and there's no mention of you know this character or whatever right yeah um mm. but the cover what do you guys think i think it looks beautiful it just like looks... like oh yeah no like i was saying before with um the whole jedi aesthetic i, I really like this outfit mm. this kind of like like this looks like a, a light side jedi to me yeah kind of like regal and uh really has a nice commanding presence like the embroidery on that's really nice I'm going to say right now, just because we're playing the Old Republic right now, the MMO, mm. the, thing, the thing on her head <laughs> um, probably gives her a stat boost of some some kind. <laughs> a tiara well, on her forehead. Yeah, it is, right? Except for this, feel like he's got some. T- um, the one thing I wanted to mention was the Wookiee here. He has a name. It's in that um, press release that I listened to from theforce.net. And mm-hmm. uh, he has a name, and it's a palindrome. So it's the same backwards as it is forwards. Okay. Um, so it's really interesting, but he has a blue lightsaber, and it's a Wookiee Jedi. Who doesn't want a Wookiee Jedi, right? Right. I'm excited. This is the first one we've seen since the one in extended universe whose name I can't remember. Actually, we had one Padawan. <laughs> it is Rebels. Yeah. Well, or, sorry, Clone Wars. In Clone Wars, um, his yeah. name is oh, Gunji. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He had the wooden Damn. lightsaber hilt. That was cool. Damn it! Who's the one in? Um, who's the one in extended universe? It's not Lobaka. It's. Is it Lobaka? Yeah, he he has a Lobaka's orange lightsaber. Just, is Lobaka a Jedi? He's okay, the, that's probably what I'm thinking of then. He's the only one I know. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the cover here. We have th- uh, four Jedi, a Wookiee, a lady in the front, which I think is Avar Chris. Um, mm. The mm-hmm. Jedi on the right-hand side, and then like a Twi'lek Jedi on the far right-hand side. And then we have that space station that's in the top there. It looks like... Yes. It, it looks like it's yes. falling apart. Does, it, does that not look like... No, they they show that in some of the other pictures. I think that's the space traffic around it. Oh, I see. Okay, but yeah, it's yeah. up in the the planet, whatever planet this is. Um, it's chilling up there. So yeah, these are the the novels and the the stuff we're going to be getting from it. But I would love to delve into the uh, actual characters that we get here. Ed was kind of hinting at that earlier with the different uh, concept art concept art and stuff. Um, mm. anything you want to say about the book before we move on? 
Yeah, like this one, it seems to be like this is going to be the main storybook kind of thing. Yeah. Where all the yeah. other ones kind of be like side story sort of stuff. But like this is okay. This will detail what the problem is, how they deal with it, what scares them, and definitely how they go forward. Right. So mm. if you want to read at least one out of this, this whole would set, be it. This would be the one. This is the Was one this I would the... recommend heavily, just because it's Charles yeah. Soul. Was this the one coming out in January? This is the first one coming in January second. Okay. This one and um, I think Claudia Gray's. Uh, the Claudia Gray one said October, unless that's been delayed again. Just in Ireland, then. It was, okay. the, it was the other one. Because I was going to say, that could actually work really well um, if they don't explain what the catastrophe is until Light of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would make Into the Dark even better, because if they get knocked confused. out of hyperspace... It would just be terrifying. Exactly. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. Well, you never find out, because you know only the people in Light of the Jedi know because they were directly there. Exactly. The only other thing that I can kind of think of, just because, uh, like I mentioned before, um, we see this, that space station a lot in uh, the YouTube video that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of gets me thinking, again, this is just me with my mind going, so who knows what, what this will be. If it was more the old school hyperspace, like old EU stuff, where they need like hyperspace waypoints. Yeah. Actually, points, yeah. Like Mass yeah. Effect, think that kind of way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that same kind of thing. And so it would be really cool if, or not really cool, but it, like it would be kind of interesting if the Niles thing is they can destroy or turn off those way stations, and that's what mm-hmm. knocks everybody out of hyperspace. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, and and for the same reasons that Ed just mentioned, because Mass Effect has that whole thing with the mass relays. It's how the bad guy wages war on the rest of the galaxy. In that is that they actually created the mass relays. The civilizations find them and then um, need to like rely on them for their faster than light transit. And then when the when the reapers come in, they just turn off all the mass relays. And so nobody they, can escape. Exactly, they're all stuck in their own little clusters, and the reapers can take them out one cluster at a time. Um, so one, yeah, if it was that same kind of thing, that'd be pretty cool. The one thing I just wanted to make a point of is a test of courage. The one where the the four kids and the droid are like stranded on a planet. Yeah, I just realized that's Lord of the Flies, guys. I'm excited <laughs> for Star Wars Lord of the Flies. I don't know about you, but I want to see the droid be the last thing standing. I was going to say, does that mean the redhead kid gets his his head smashed in with a rock? Um, <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> All right. Let's... Except, except in Lord of the Flies, they didn't have two swords. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Could be a bit of an equalizer. Or, yeah, anyways, or a whole bunch of technology. Yeah, um, right. So let's get into some of these characters here. Um, the first one, Ed, do you want to take us through these characters? Yeah, for the High Republic? Or... Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So Avar Chris, we have her. Mm. The brightest and most noble example of Jedi. Now see, with all that and her ma- supposedly making holocrons and things like that, if she, she, if they didn't have a council... Or She's she, definitely a master. She, yeah, right? Like mm. she'd be like the head of it or something like that is what we think of. Now, she always tries to see the good in people in situations and never puts herself first. And this is like somebody playing with like pure light side choice. Yeah. Which the scary thing about that is that she might be so one sided and boring. It could also be like a Bastila. Not... Maybe, maybe. Or there's conflict in... eventually, but you never know. Yeah, she's invigorated about life on the frontier and the challenges it brings, and is is inspiration. Yeah, sorry, but that and is an inspiration for those who work with her. She's compassionate, not dogmatic, and always ready to sacrifice herself over others. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, she's the best of the best. Yeah. Avar Chris is the best of the best. I love that line. <laughs> See that just. I'm excited for light side, uh, light side, light side Jedi. Maybe. 
It depends how they how they play her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, Charles Soule's character. I would assume he's going to do a good job, just because he's done a good job with everything else. But either that, or there's got to be someone who's just like a good kind of balance that yeah. has to be with her constantly. There, there's a sliding scale between Yoda and Obi Wan, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's the next one? Next, we have a Twi'lek, also Jedi Master, looks like. His name is just going to be... He's right out of, like, a, a D&D right. or somebody created... He reminds me cause... of my light side, a light side version of Sarlon, my character. Yeah. The Inquisitor did in, you... in Swartor. <laughs> did you name him Loden Greatstorm? I did not. <laughs> I did not. But name aside, though, it, one of the best teachers in the Order, so he could have, like, that Yoda sort of teaching kind of disposition with like all the younglings and stuff like that strong and wise with a good sense of humor you would not think that from the concept art <laughs> yeah London looks at every moment as a learning experience always trying to better himself and those around him especially as by the ones so there you go oh you know what that's a that's something with this uh with this era as well where Either this is where they stop having multiple Haramons to one to one teacher. Oh yeah, true. Mm. Because e- that could be something I could see being a thing within two hundred years, maybe either due to numbers, whatever it is. Yeah. Or, or because of this whole thing, it's just like we don't have enough or something. Too many people have to go and look out. So you only get one. Go. Mm. Who knows? But that might be a thing. I'm just gonna stop Unless you here for a second. Seen- yeah. I feel like these little synopsis of these characters are like their Tinder profiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's got a good sense of humor. He looks at every moment with a learning experience. He's trying to better himself, but he's also he's around his Padawans. You know, he's trying to help them out too. But he's not smiling at all. He looks kind of like he's going to murder somebody. Yeah, he looks like he's going to murder somebody. The, um, the only thing that kind of bugs me with this character is... Mm. Great Storm doesn't strike me as a Twi'lek last name. I mean, maybe there's a reason for it, but if you look at the other ones, like Ayla, like Sakura, Fortuna, I um, mean, Harrison maybe Nula. they're taking uh, their own. It could maybe, be that right? somebody, somebody like he was adopted, or he was, um, yeah, like something of like he was. It's a given name. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't Sinula. have a last name, and someone gave yeah. him that name. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like that's we're true. gonna need a lot of well done backstory for all these it guys. definitely reminds me of like what a character's name would be in D. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah oh, in great yeah. store exactly like you said yeah. you know like you you'll probably see this name running around tonight or something like that you will definitely <laughs> <laughs> It'll tell but, us about um, keith Trannis. yeah Trannis. this is this is one character i'm like really interested in seeing more more so because of this the lightsaber design itself but like the shadow kind of if she's doing that training kind of right. He was a young firebrand believed to have a great future ahead of her. If only she would believe it herself. Quick witted and more impulsive than she should be. He was only been a Jedi Knight for a few weeks and his little starstruck around Avar. Knowing many of the great things Chris has done in the past, she's determined to prove herself to, Oh no, she's going to be a notice me senpai. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, 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 <laughs> a legendary. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
that she <laughs> must first learn to trust in herself as much as she trusts a force. So the thing I get from this statement is that that the space station that we see up in the sky is probably the starlight beacon, which is probably what gets attacked, which probably stops everything going in hyperspace. Why would they attack something that's not in? Well, it might be one of those things where like hyperspace hasn't come along really far at this point and they have to have mm -hmm. these beacons to get from one to the other because we have that even in like the current star wars so we're thinking this is a relay station then yeah and it, they're, yeah, they're says, guarding it it says mm. this legendary jedi stationed on starlight beacon which i assume is you know a hyperspace station of some sort to relay commands to ships or to guide them through yeah, as, as a, yeah it's a beacon right so it's just like yeah you're you're here so you know you have to go this way next thing maybe so what do you think or you'll of crash Keith into a planet? <laughs> I do like her though. I want to like her. She looks cool. I like. She's yeah, like I mean, the undercut haircut on the one side, and she's got that green double bladed lightsaber that's like a small hilt. Is see, what we were saying that's, before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where everything about this is just like, oh, I'm the fire brand. I gotta be different. No, it goes from the haircut to everything else. It's gonna be like using a Joe staff in martial arts. I don't know, like a bow staff is like a double bladed lightsaber, like Darth Maul's, where it's a little longer yeah. in the middle that you can have that. It's a longer staff, right? This is like, it looks like a shorter lightsaber that's double-bladed. It's you know almost what? like a Joe staff, like a three-quarter staff, where it's more maneuverable. Um, Noma, mm. you've read Rule of Two and stuff like that, right? Yeah. You remember Xana had a shorter one as well, because it was more so for parrying, because she had a slight frame. She couldn't just, like, stop yeah. something right through, so she could still use it, but it had to be smaller. And she yeah, just deflect true. and parry instead. So that mm. might be what she's using, you think? Maybe. Yeah, because the concept right. the concept makes sense. Like she is pretty yeah, slight in frame as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I completely forgot about her, but uh, or not her, but her fighting technique. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good point. All right, tell us about Stella Geos. Uh, this is the Chad of the group. Looks like <laughs> the one thing I did like from the concept art. I didn't see it on the book cover, but like, look at this hilty thing on his on his right. Oh, yeah, there's uh, different uh, versions. Because uh, uh, he makes you it's think like a Witcher he's lightsaber. Like completely exactly. Mm -hmm. It makes you think that when he deactivates it and puts it into this holster thing, he has it's how does it fit? This holster doesn't look like it holds a lightsaber. Anything, right? It's just kinda there. I'm but excited. It it makes you think like right away, you know, from this from the shape of it, like he would put it away activated, kinda. Mm -hmm. And it would mm -hmm. stay there, kind of thing, right? Let's see him. He's an optimistic and well respected Jedi. This this is the Obi Wan of the group though. Look at him. He came up through the order with Avar Chris, and although they are in different assignments for the Jedi Republic, whether the two work together, they are a powerhouse team of two noble heroes in action. Strong on the force and a natural teacher, Stellan is currently stationed at one of the Jedi Temple Apples on a distant planet of Caragon Viner. So that might be the planet that they're on right now. That makes book. sense. Uh, mm. But he, it says that he's on a different assignment than what Avar Chris is on. Well, she's she's defending the station, if anything, right? And oh no, it says it says the um, they are often stationed on different assignments. When the two work together, they are a powerhouse. Mm. So interesting. I do really like the hilt, though. He has a really oh, cool design. Aside. I love his yeah. robes. Yeah, he's got that like definitely See, this that, is... that cool lightsaber yeah. that looks like the Witcher's um, steel or silver yeah, light sword, yeah. I think. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at something for a second, all right? Yeah. Go back up to Avar Chris. Okay. Ready? King Arthur. Sure. Down to Loading Raid Storm. This could be Bedivere. Sure. The oh, next okay. one you have go down. This could be Galahad. Hey. Mm -hmm. 
Then you oh, have Stallion, it could be Lancelot. Okay. Then this could be Gawain for like Vernastra. I can see this. The Knights of the literal yeah. round, Knights of the Round Table, the Jedi. Yeah. That's what they wanted it to go just, for. It was the pose, the pose and the hair and everything. That's that's that screams Lancelot to me. Yeah, definitely. I I I know that it's just going for the symbology, but the first thing in my head when you said that was, does that mean Stellan's gonna bang Avar's husband? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and have a kid with him? Oh boy. <laughs> Great tragedy that it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy alright last one yeah that's a good but uh, yeah last one Vernestra and this is what we were talking about earlier assuming to be like the Anakin of this generation she does Mir- look really young yeah Vernestra Mary Allen was Padawan to Stellan Gios she, she works hard and is devoted to the order more so than most others at her age well yeah because you're 16 she's a keener for sure we know that <laughs> One of the youngest knights in generation. She struggles to fit in with the adults while also setting a good example for the younger Jedi. Who's younger than you if you're one of the youngest? I think the hardest for her is like, she's a knight, but she also has to act like an adult, which she's not. And then she also has to like be a good role model for the younger kids, even though she's still immature. I definitely think that kids are going to relate to this character a lot. Probably. Oh, yeah. This is like... This is what Ray should have been, kind of thing, mm. for all the young generation people now. It's just like you know, she's she's not super like over the OP, but like she's she's still brilliant, kind of thing. Yeah. And like you here, you go, you can see she was trained, she was all this, and here's how she's gonna be, kind of thing. That's why I am I'm very curious about this character. Mm. It, it'd be you could have a really interesting dynamic there as well if you have something where at some point she's doing a mission with. You know, some some Padawan who's like eighteen, who is yeah, like older, exactly, right? trying and to figure out that kind of dynamic. It would just be like a pissing contest from trying to be like, oh well, you know, I'm older, so I do this. It's like, yeah, but like, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm I'm the knight, you're not to shut up, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see stuff. the character progression, or or even trying to like get a word in Android, because even Keeve, she's she's a knight, but you know, she's probably like mid twenties or thirties or something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say like or late twenties, maybe. Yeah, so if she's trying to like put in a point to any one of these people that she'd be with, it'd be like, um, you know, what I have to say makes sense, but like, can I say it right now amongst all these masters and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Kind of playing with that. Uh, what's the the trope then? Not fitting in with either crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talking about I, I... Vanestra? Vanestra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna call her Vern. Yeah, that's her her other name. Love her. Vern Rowe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for this whole thing, guys. Like that's yeah. the, that's the end of the news we got from um, the old republic, or sorry, the old republic, the high republic. Um, and uh, there's there's one more piece that I just wanted to uh, bring up, and it I'm is gonna, I'm just going to throw the link sorry. in chat here or into the the document on on our show notes, um, and it's the concept art for some Jedi that we talked about before. Um, off podcast, but I just wanted to talk about them because we get some different things here that I'm excited for. Um, Before you go into that, Dan, sure. I just want to switch one thing. Vern's more the go the the Galahad, and then Keeve would be the Gawain. It's that smile. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, so more serious versus. It's like I think Gawain was the youngest one anyway. So. Mm. All right, all right. So Sorry, with this concept, there, you guys have it up. Yeah, um, it's basically just like was it ten Jedi? Um, looks like on 
this it's like face forward all these jedi are here they have mm -hmm. very different lightsabers some have like hand coverings some have like teeth on the end of them some have these like really aggressive looking oh. hand covers or like a bone structure lightsaber or even it's got like two blades that are parallel to each other or a black saber like this is interesting there's a lot here <laughs> um there's a guy with a beard i mean what can you ask for that's more than that and there's a trandoshan it looks like i mean the trandoshan's the hill just looks like a gun the other, sure. the other thing that strikes me that I <laughs> I didn't realize right away was that there is a it looks like a loth wolf, um, yeah. beside the mm -hmm. Jedi with all the white robes and the white, um, parallel lightsaber blades, um. So I assume that's something to do with her and connection to the Force. Maybe they have a connection to this well, this other animal. Well, that that would be a cool callback if she's from like the Lothal Temple. That would be mm -hmm. really cool. I forgot right. there was a temple there. Yeah, that would be super sick. Yeah, and that's why the, the Lothwoods maybe have that connection to the forces, you know, because of the temple and because of this Jedi. See, notice I'm... here, though, um, we have a vast different, like, it, this would have been a different mentality because uh, the only one who seems to have the kind of robes like we've seen from the other ones is is that same Lothal-esque mm -hmm. Jedi because the rest of them have that plain brown or darker color kind schemes. of look. Yeah. Wait, okay. Do you so want to go from? Let's go from like the left side all the way to the right side. Want to mm. do that? Sure. If there's nothing you want to say, you can just say skip. Um, <laughs> so this Jedi that has these like it's a single handle, like a normal lightsaber, but on the top it has two thinner blades that come up that are parallel to each other. What do you guys think of this design and like her kind of ethereal look? I said it before. I'll say it again. Useless weapon. Cool design. Yes. Um, just if if the wolf truly is with her and not the next one over. I think you can do um, a lot of fun things with the double blades. I, 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 it does look goofy, but I think there's something to it in combat. Like you might be able to do stuff with that. Like trap somebody like else's lightsaber what? in there. You can't trap it if it goes right through and hits. Yeah, it cuts off your hand. Like, <laughs> Man, I don't know. I feel like you could trap it in there on an angle and like maneuver you know out what? of the way. I feel like see how the see how the hilt is kind of. I feel like it spins kind of like the how the Inquisitors do, but instead of it, that it full spins circle, it just kind of facing up. Yeah, so it makes like it makes a full blade kind of. That would be interesting, but like it still yeah. sucks because you could catch a deflection and send it right into you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Right. like, like yeah, like sword sword breakers work because you can snap the blade, but I don't think you can snap a lightsaber blade. <laughs> but you could trap it. You don't have to snap it, but you can trap it and move it out of your way. Yeah, it's true. Like for, I, don't know. I don't know. For for <sighs> me the for me this lightsaber does not like I'm with Ed. I I don't really like it. It, it screams for me. It screams anime. Okay, <laughs> but that's just because it it it's uh this is an old callback. But if anybody remembers Final Fantasy Advent Children, yeah, um, that is the same weapon that the main bad guy in that Kadage. Yeah. yeah, it's just two swords stuck to the same hilt. <laughs> see, 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 but they're they're closer together, so it was mm -hmm. almost like it um, had a physical Wolverine's claws. It had a physical. Yeah, that's true. Point it was kind of like that more, so mm -hmm. just two into the three. But even even still, like that. That's a better weapon than this atrocity. I mean, what's better than one stab wound? Two. <laughs> uh, let's go to the next one... Jedi. She looks evil. She's um, I don't know what that species is called, but we've seen it before. Um, oh, it's Adigala, man. Yeah, what's the species yeah, though? Yeah, I I don't oh, know. Yeah. Looks like they have little tentacle things. Yeah, know? they got like yeah. like tentacle like uh, octopus tentacle things on their head. I, yeah. I think it I think it starts with a T. Look that up and we'll find out. Um, yeah. She has like purple eyes, which is really striking. And she has this like clawed 
thing like pointing up towards where the lightsaber like ignites, and it's a purple mm -hmm. lightsaber, which is also interesting. We get a lot of purple lightsabers or pink, I guess. But she looks cool. Like I mean, she looks pissed. So I don't know if she's like a dark side Jedi, like a like leading towards the dark side kind of thing, like um, uh, Mace Windu, maybe. Mm. That'd be interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm. I, I'm not. I'm not sure how I'd feel if it turned out that Maze Windu didn't invent Vapod. Um, yeah. Well, she might not. It, she might not have Vapod. Like she might not know what like that might not have been invented yet. But she might be, be still like a dark side Jedi. That's it true. Still be Zarkai. Yeah, that's true. Or Juyo. Yeah, yeah, Juyo. These are lightsaber forms that we're talking about. Yeah, Jar Jarkai is dual wielding. I think right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Juyo is the like walks the line between yeah the aggressive style. Um, also, I did look it up, and yeah, Adigalia's race is called Thelothian. Yeah, I like it. I like her design. She looks really aggressive, and she looks like she's gonna kick some ass. Oh, speaking of, sorry, I just realized something. For the next guy, sorry. Yeah, I'm the next guy. Let's, let's get into him. Mm. He looks like a combination between Obi Wan Kenobi and Quinlan Vos. <laughs> yes, yeah. like it's the, yeah. it's the yellow, the yeah, yellow the uh, line uh, across his face. He's got the beard. You know, um, he looks like a smuggler that is a technically a Jedi, I guess. <laughs> um, you don't know if he's, he's actually using the Force to hold his lightsaber, but he's just tossing it up. Nobody toss, knows. It's kind of like a Kyle Katarn sort of feel to him. Yeah, yeah. he definitely has that feel. Where he's kind of like that. Um, not, Wait, like a rogue Jedi, almost. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I, I thought of my, my, I was like, my eyes were playing tricks on me for a second. I noticed, like, okay, sorry, pause on him. Are you high? <laughs> no, we're, <laughs> okay. jumping, we're jumping three people ahead to these twins, I guess there are. The Zabrak Oh, twins. yeah, with the, the one who doesn't get a lightsaber. Yeah, what, what is that? <laughs> is this somebody just forget? Actually, I think yeah. he does. He's the guy, the Trend Ocean doesn't have a lightsaber, does he? It looks like... Yeah, yeah, his claws are holding on to something. Is that? I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell. It's It looks like it's coming from behind him, but I don't know. Either uh, yeah, either he's got the a really curved blade, like the same that Dooku and Ventress used, or, yeah. or he's just holding a, a bone. I can't really tell. Interesting. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, what's, I looked over what's your... I was like, what the hell? <laughs> So and I'm just thinking, what's your lightsaber? I have a bone. It's not a lightsaber. I have a bone. Okay. Let me stab you. <laughs> um, any other points on this, like smuggler-like Jedi? No, I I want to. If they do bring them in to the actual series, I would like to hear his story. Yeah. The Twilic Jedi. He has an orange lightsaber, and he has this like fencing type sword where it has like a hand cover that comes down towards his his hand that's on the top of the hilt. Yeah. Like it almost um, looks like a basket hilt. Yeah, and I don't know. He looks interesting. He might be a form two user, if mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. Not much to say about this guy except for he looks okay. Mm -hmm. uh, he's green toilet, really. Green toilet with purple eyes. It looks like he's, he's the... seen something. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, he's what is that? Fortuna, he's got the Bib Fortuna tentacle instead of the yeah. the behind the head <laughs> normal one. Yeah, yeah. the wrapped wrapped around kind of thing. I definitely thought about that as well. Yeah. Um, the next Jedi is a female human, blonde with like it looks like a traditional Jedi robe, blue and brown. Um, yeah. and she's got I the Padawan braid. She does have yeah, the Padawan this braid. This has got to be Avar as a Padawan. Oh, oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, never thought about that. But she does have the blue lightsaber. If she has a blue lightsaber, maybe. 
Um, no, she looks cool. Yeah. I, I think she looks awesome. Um, she looks fierce. Like, she has some kick-ass to do. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I like her design. She looks cool. Mm. The Padawan braid definitely could make her into Avar Chris, um, which might date this these Jedi in this picture to when, you know, before the events of what we're going to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, the next Jedi is, like, this pale... The Sith? <laughs> I was, I was going to say, like, it looks like this pale, generic person who's bald and has the death stare of a cat <laughs> well the eyes look yellow too which is what's throwing me off like, yeah but it's i don't know if it's black. the tone of skin like her light kind of palish tone or or him or if it's just right. like of actual yellow eyes well, interesting black, it, it's it's black pupil or black what's the iris. the white part of yeah the black irises with yellow pupils scream sith to me so that's kind of weird that's true it could be the race because I don't be think we've right ever around. seen a race like this before. Maybe Night Sister, but still right? not. Well, I was wondering. Well, they they retcon Vercatans now. You know what? Right? It it could be. Oh, that's no. It could be like a female Udapawan or something like that. Because it's true, we haven't really seen those. those. No, that's true. It could be. Maybe they just, just didn't get run over by 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 tires. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get. They don't have to go through that birthright, I guess. <laughs> um, Ed, you were saying you wanted to talk about these twins here I, these Zabrak twins I honestly twins. for a second I thought it was just like an art like tech it's like a heck up or something like that because why would you give everybody else even even Buddy doesn't who doesn't have an ignited and still has a saber but you just throw this guy <laughs> in the background like they're, yeah. they're no he, he looks yeah. the same but he does have different face lines on his face like slightly does, yeah you can tell barely you, some he, of them don't he, connect he some of them come it. off his yeah. cheeks instead of his, his okay. eyes um, he does look different, so I guess they're twins, um, or friends, or something. Um, Maybe. But he has like this really cool lightsaber <laughs> with this like really long, I guess, protruding bone from the hilt. It's a mm. bayonet on a sword. It looks like a bayonet. <laughs> now that you say that, yeah, that's exactly what that is. It's stupid again. But they're wearing like a gray and black garb. So, but remember, when he's gotta when he's gotta put that on a, like a holster or something, it better be behind his back because he's gonna stab himself in the chest every time. Yeah, he sets it down unless it's facing yeah, downwards. Like, this is dumb. <laughs> Everything about this thing is well. You dumb. can you can make a lightsaber at uh, Galaxy's Edge when it is open. Um, with that has like a rancor tooth on the end of it. Yeah. Well. So again. Just imagine, can you imagine the first time you like accidentally stab yourself in like in the leg with it and you go to reach for it and you turn the lightsaber and it cuts your arm? Uh, <laughs> like, it's, just, it's just stupid. I mean, it'd be interesting <laughs> to use in combat. Like, like you um, put the, like you turn off the lightsaber and just stab the guy in the head. That's good. Um, <laughs> the next guy is a Trandoshan who looks like a, a like a, a smuggler's like jacket over like dark Jedi robes, like Anakin's robes a little bit mm-hmm. in episode mm-hmm. three. Um, and it, it looks like he's sporting like a purple lightsaber. I think that's his. Um, he looks generic, but I like that we have other alien species, not just like humanoid. He's like mm-hmm. a lizard humanoid. Um, I'm excited to see what this guy is all about. He's well, cool especially because like there's such like a war, a predator, a predator kind of yeah. sort of thing already, right? Which is mm-hmm. like for him to find peace. And like they hunt, like they hunt people, and they hunt like yeah. Like that's yeah. their that's their thing, right? You the scorekeeper, man. Mm-hmm, the scorekeeper. Yeah, everything yeah. for the scorekeeper. You you did just bring up something that that I didn't really think about until you said it though. But I I do like the fact that all the Jedi that we're seeing they're very diverse. Um, but it's nothing that's like how how would I describe it? Kind of like 
there's no alien races here that are kind of like pushing what I believe within the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're you know like it's not unbelievable. Twilight. Like it, this is all believable. Right. Like there's no Ewok, which wouldn't make sense because they didn't know they existed until Episode Six, right? There's no like even though I guess it would make a bit more sense. There's no like Jawa Jedi. There's no like. Um, I can't really think of any others that like I get Wookiee Gundam Jedi would Jedi. be the one that like makes sense, right? Like that's what we're yeah, we right, saw well, on the other Trent, thing. And we see Trandoshan and Wookiee, but I'm fine with both. Like, or that would be oh, dude, I didn't think about yeah. that, but like Trandoshan uh, and Wookiee Jedi's, how is that gonna happen? Because like they're mortal enemies. Yeah, that's right. Like, how is that interaction gonna be? Maybe they see, have to but sort that they, out. if they get them at an early age, they just completely separate that that from you know if they're still doing that mm. or if that starts later and to do the monastic tradition right? maybe it might start true. after this so um last jedi here i am super excited for because it's a black crystal um with the white <laughs> outline that's the only reason the hilt itself is like i don't know what the hell you call that like a tree it's branch a wand. yeah it looks like a harry potter wand um and it has a black crystal in it which is cool um and she looks like she's like got like just face or he has like face coverings and like a hood um almost like a like a monk with like a face covering um she'd be a jedi shadow yeah true yeah true um it looks really cool i'm excited to see what this character is all about um if not like this might be the mandalorian character that we had the black crystal who knows it was a it was always a sword though wasn't it because when tar vizsla made it it was at least from the flashback, it still looked like a sword. True, true. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's the same different crystal, or maybe it's the sister crystal or something. I don't know. It'd be interesting to know because we have no idea where they came from. Yeah, according mm-hmm. to the lore or whatever, it's just like the first Mandalorian Jedi made a dark saber. Saber. Yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's just like okay. So if there's clearly a crystal for it, and they, according to this canon, they do call for you. So. Mm-hmm maybe i'm excited um and that's the end of the high republic um massive episode that we did um (laughs) before we get into the outro of the episode i actually just wanted to go over our uh feedback that we got some questions from uh one of my friends chad who isn't a huge star wars fan but he watched the um episode uh nine the rise of skywalker and he listened to our episode and he had some questions that some other listeners might have so we figured that we would kind of uh, read them on the podcast and answer them to the best of our abilities. Um, Are you guys ready to answer some questions? I think so. Absolutely. So the first question that we have from Chad is, um, how come we never mentioned Han Solo showing up? (laughs) I think we just had so much to talk about that we just (laughs) forgot. Um, I got to say, it was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Uh, I know Noma doesn't agree, but um, (laughs) I liked it. I thought it was... Heartfelt and touching, and it really worked for the character, and it brought it back around to Episode Seven, um, when he, they were on the the catwalk, and he kills Han Solo. Kylo Ren kills Han Solo, but I thought it was a really touching scene between the memory of Han Solo, his father, and himself as Ben Solo. I don't know. What did you guys think? And why didn't we bring it up? <laughs> you were too mad at everything else that had come up to even think of the good at that point. <laughs> That's that's the honest answer. That did you like the scene between I, Ben and the memory of Han Solo? There's always gonna be that scene, right? Like between oh, I don't know what to do. It was it was the reverse of what we saw in Seven. Mm. Um, 
as it being something to mention, yeah, definitely. I think we missed that for sure. Um, but honestly, it was one of those things where it's just like you kind of expect it in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, I definitely expect it. Does that make any sense? Or it's just like you, you, no, well, not just, not Han specifically. I kind of expected Luke, but ever since that was done, the only thing they could do was Han, right? Mm -hmm. So it was just like, all right, who's going to show up to you? You had, in episode eight, you have Luke show up to Kylo and that whole, like, awesome moment thing. Now you have him, like, somebody's shown up to him in almost every single one of them, and seven, it might have been Ray or whatever. Or was that eight when they were doing that constant back and forth? force mind vision thing i'm getting off topic mm. now but um <laughs> no i get what you mean though yeah you kind of you kind of like there has to be some sort of uh guiding somebody in mm. that in that moment of i don't know should i do should i not yeah mm. and the moment of clarity for him with like his mom he didn't, and passing and stuff like that he says the same lines right i don't know if i have the strength to do it and he's just like you're my son or whatever like that. He he's like the he's like dad and, and then he says i know which is like the callback to on and Leia saying, I love you. I know that was mm -hmm. touching. I thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right with uh, what I thought, but where you guys are right. Like tonally, it's a really nice scene. I think it works really well. Um, if so, my main thing is I wish they had found a different way to show it because logically, as you said, because it's his memory of Han Solo that scene now boils down to Kylo Ren forgiving himself for killing his father. Uh, That's my biggest problem. Okay. Um, I feel like, again, it would have been harder to do. Um, like four, not, you I couldn't can, do a force ghost that, because but, Han was not force sensitive. No, but what, the, the easiest, the easiest thing for me is he left him a message. That would be good. Just try and, and I don't know how you would fit that into that movie but if you could spin it some way so it's a holo you know a comlink or holocron recording holocron would be a bit more of a stretch but you know something it's some kind of recording. recording i could see yeah, that. some kind of yeah some kind of recording where it's han saying like I, I know what might happen i know what you might do but know that i forgive you um then it would have made then it would have been more i think emotionally resonant with me because it would have been actual han you know talking to kylo ren as opposed to Kylo basically going, hmm, if Dad was still alive, I think he'd forgive me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the next question yeah. that we have is, uh, do we know some comparison between the planet that blew up and Alderaan? And I think he's referring to Kijimi when it gets destroyed by the Star Destroyer. Mm. Um, I, I, as far as I know, there's no comparison between, like, there's no connection between Alderaan and Kijimi. It's just the fact that they both blew up, I guess. They needed a planet just to demonstrate the power, and then they figured there's no reason to have any story on it, just random planet X. The one yeah. that we saw in that movie, which, yeah. So there's not really any connection there. Yeah, I mean, small points, because at least I cared a little bit more about Kajimi than I did about the Honiger system in Episode 7. Mm. Because the Hon... Who, the Hosnian, yeah. What is the Honiger... Or, yeah, sorry, Hosnian. I don't even remember the name of it. Oh no, five planets explode. Oh no, one planet oh, that I saw some people on explode. No. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> and it's like, how did that affect the shift, the balance of power, and everything? It's not like you attacked Core World or anything like that. I think right? those were the, like, yeah, the new right? Core Worlds, like the new Coruscant. Because then that uh, would like, disrupt the Senate and everything like yeah. that. Um, the next question we got is uh, well, not a question, more of a comment. We were right about the Corvette. And I got some clarification from him, and he says it would, it was no way it would make it through that like red mass of like 
craziness that like they have to go through to get to Exegol. Um, he also says that the planet cannons were a stupid cop out. Um, he's basically <laughs> like the Death Star light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he asked if the literature talked about um, the if they used crystals like the Kyber crystals in the lasers in the Star Destroyers. And as far as I know, they didn't clarify if they used Kyber crystals or you anything. You know what? You have you'd have to assume they do. Because if they're if they're basing it off of um, the Death Star tech, yeah, like mm-hmm. that was the main thing. That's why they were on Ilum harvesting all those things between three and four because they were just getting Kyber stuff. Yeah, yeah. I would I would assume they did. Um, but the thing that I don't get is like they miniaturize it, but like the Death Star itself, it basically destroyed Ilum, like where all the Kyber crystals were. Like they mm-hmm. mined that planet to like it's. It's yeah. death. And that's why Ahsoka had to get her crystals from an Inquisitor, right? So, mm-hmm. Well, th- there was a retcon, though, too, because I thought, isn't Starkiller base Ilum? I don't think so. N- no. I don't I think so. Sw- I could have no, sworn... No, no, it's not. No. <laughs> I don't think that... I don't, it's don't, it's, don't it's a winter planet, for sure. I, 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 hate, Ilum. I hate to say it. But I'll double check, because I remember reading that and being like, well, that's stupid. Lie to um, me, then, if it is true. <laughs> Let's just pause right now okay. and find if this is true. Ed, no, no, Ed, cover your ears. Right. Starkiller Base was a military base located on the ice planet of Ilum in the Unknown. You f***ing kidding me? Yeah, because I remember being like, Episode 7 is not too bad. And then I read that and I was like, never mind. <laughs> this makes it so much worse. It is. Yeah, they, yeah in Episode 7, they blow up Ilum. So there are all the kyber crystals are technically gone. Wow. Scattered. <laughs> Wow. That is yep. The reasoning behind it, I like, I kind of There's understood because they behind it. Well, they had talked about like, well, there was no way to make a super weapon more powerful than the Death Star without using the planet that made the crystals, and I was like, that's fair. All right. Uh, you fair. also then, yeah, right. You exactly like I understand what you're saying, but you also ruined the entire planet. <laughs> um, just, some other things that he talks one about. One glorified blast. Here is yeah. um. So in the course of what, like five years, they replaced the oh, need for a full sun or crystals? Is yeah, this I also point? Should, should say, uh, just in case anyone's curious, I got that information off uh, StarWarsFandom.com wiki. Yeah. The w- so it's, not just, it's not just me pulling stuff out of my ass. It's also on the, on the Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing... He was, he was impressed that they used the Y-Wings oh. as fighters. Um, he didn't expect that, them to have the bombers in there. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Oh, that's just another, another little thing I love. I love that they retconned those stupid bombers out of episode from episode eight. Oh, the, the B wings or whatever. Yeah, or they're no, they're like the the stupid like bomber the bombers that like explode themselves. Yes, yeah, the ones that have the to kamikaze drop bombers down in space. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so um, he see, said that. With, sorry, go ahead. With the uh, Y wings, everybody assumes they're trash because in Battlefront two, they're the slowest moving thing on anything. Mm. But. They're actually like, they are still space or like they're not gonna move that slow. It's just because in game you can't have a bomber going the same speed as a fucking X wing. Yeah, like, no, they're just, just too you'd, slow. You'd break it, right? But like here, you'd be like, yeah, they can do a strafing run, no problem, and destroy a good chunk of whatever you're trying to defend. So, um, he did say that some of the ships that came out of hyperspace were old clone troop carriers. Uh, he noticed that, mm. which was kind of cool. Cool. Um, he said the metal that Chewie got does it match the metals that Han and Luke got for Episode Four? I said actually it's Han's. 
Um, from what I remember, it's given to him by Maz Kanata, and it, it says in the book that it's actually Hans. Um, just like a nice okay. sentimental thing. Did he pawn it off somewhere? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's the end of his questions. Uh, thank you, Chad, for sending in questions and so we could clarify mm. them as best as our ability. I didn't know Ilum was uh, circular base, so that makes yeah, me man, upset. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, that, that should be the correct <laughs> that makes me less happy about episode 7 but at the same time I understand it um, but yeah let's get into the outro guys Welcome to the outro for the podcast for July 2020. We're going to start something new with this podcast. We normally do one fan pick of the podcast at the end, but we're going to try doing three, one for each of us. And uh, if you want to let us know which one you thought was the best, uh, you can go to our Twitter page, uh, twitter.com slash voiceforcepod, and let us know which one you thought was the best. Um, I'll try and get a poll up on Twitter or a poll that I can link to the Twitter post um, that you guys can vote on, and we can see which one was the most popular by the next episode. So mine is a Reddit post by a user um, named Mystery Girl XO on the Star Wars Reddit, um, and it says, "My sister's girlfriend made me a customized Star Wars jacket just for me. The girl she painted on the jacket in, is me as Princess Leia, and it's a jean jacket. And on the back um, is I don't know if you guys remember the Star the Star Wars Princess Leia comic series." Um, it's the cover of that, and uh, they painted it on like the back part. Of, where um, the jean jacket is and they put the title like Star Wars Princess Leia and it just looks really cool and the person who is in this photo has a lightsaber that is like the light the white uh, color so I thought it was pretty cool and is really well drawn and uh, well well crafted as a piece of fan uh, memorabilia nice Noma what is your fan pick of the podcast uh so mine's a long one but it was something that I've been I was been following for the past uh, couple of weeks um or actually i think it was a month ago um anyways yeah time it's, is uh, all flowing together yeah right <laughs> it's, it's getting real tough to keep track of um if you're on any of the star wars reddits uh you might have actually you might have seen this already i saw it on uh, i'm on our prequel memes um oh. but there is <laughs> a user called uh he, he it is uh his name is one witty user and he has made a four hour cut of Reve- revenge of the sith but what's really cool about this cut is that it is a four-hour cut, and it is Revenge of the Sith and Clone Wars Season 7. Oh, dude. They're all, yeah, chronologically cut together. That's cool. Yeah, so the I'd seen a couple of scenes. I was following this because I'd seen a couple of scenes that he was doing where it's like... Uh, um, even though I haven't gotten to the episode yet, part of one of you know some of the things where it's like Obi-Wan talking um, Over the... about his mission on Utapat or like... Obi-Wan going off to Utapau and then cutting to his conversation with that he's having about going to Utapau and stuff like that. And uh, there's a lot of yeah, very whole... close calls in in season seven of Clone Wars and like episode three, like people yeah. just just miss each other in a, in a hollow call or something. Um, there's mm-hmm. some really cool mm-hmm. stuff in there. Yeah. So um, if you guys are interested in this, uh, I think if you look up uh, one witty user and go through his his uh, post history, you'll find it. But uh, yeah, it looks super cool. And once I finish, uh, once I myself finish Clone Wars Season 7, I'm planning to go and watch that whole cut. And I'm sure it'll be awesome. I might watch it too, now that you have brought that up. 
Oh yeah, it's it's up for he's in his uh, post. He's got it up for download on like a mega and uh, a couple of other things, Google Drive and that kind of stuff. So okay. yeah, thank you for that, uh, Ed. What is your fan pick of the podcast? For me, it was the there's a video. Well, that was just the happy thing. Just we've been hearing so much about it with the coronavirus, right? Where um, it was a user Maze and Blue ninety seven put up uh, stormtroopers now for p- patrolling Disney Springs, enforcing social distancing protocol. <laughs> Is that on Reddit? Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and it was just kind of see because they're like on a balcony, just like yelling things down to people. And it must it just be two people just dressed up and like, all right. But they're in first order ones. <laughs> and it was just like, yep. So everybody knows who we are. You, stay away from there. Hey, mm. hey. That's good. Separate. So it's just, just kind of, you know what, you try to take some of the bad with the good. Um, if you guys can send me those links, I'll put them in the uh, episode description for this episode so people can just click those and find them. Mm-hmm. And it uh, just makes it easier for them to find. And if you guys want to vote on which one is your favorite, let us know by going to our Twitter and voting on the post. Um, with that said, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Daniel J. Venard. And uh, I also want to thank Marietta for providing the artwork for the episode. If you go on our website at thevoiceoftheforce.com, you can find the episode art there on the episode post, and you can also see it on our soundcloud.com slash voiceforcepod. Uh, you can see the art there. Thank you, Marietta, again, for providing the artwork for the uh, for us to use on this episode. Um, I thought it was awesome, so I reached out, and Marietta was really cool with uh, allowing us to use her artwork. Um, you can find her on uh, Instagram at MarietaArt, facebook.com slash artofmarietta, uh, artstation.com slash Marietta and you can find her on uh, www.cannonfodder.net to see some stories and the art that she did for those. Thank you again Marietta appreciate it. Noma do you want to let them know how they can contact us again on the podcast if they have any feedback they want to give us or if they want to talk about the higher public and let us know what their thoughts are yeah so once again if you want to email us which is the best way uh, that is voiceoftheforce at gmail.com but we've also got Twitter, which is at VoiceForcePod. And uh, remember that re- retweet... Blah, 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 blah. Remember that speaking English can help get the message across. Uh, <laughs> remember that retweeting our... No Hatties. No Hatties. <laughs> God, I have to go and learn that whole language. But uh, yeah, retweeting our new episode tweets uh, does help with our growing listener base and is very much appreciated. We've also got our Facebook page, which is Facebook.com slash VoiceForcePod. And our website, which is www.voiceoftheforce.com. You can also listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, and Pocket Cast, and Podbean. And a reviewing helps with their visibility and is, again, very much appreciated. And remember, you can always subscribe for free for the latest episode as soon as it releases. Thank you, Noma. No um, yeah, and I just want to say to everybody out there, I know this whole pandemic is going a little crazy and uh, there's a lot of protests going on and stuff, but I just wanted to say I hope you stay healthy and I hope you stay safe and uh, hope Star Wars gives you a little bit of uh, happiness in your day and uh, let us know how you're doing um, and if there's anything that we can do or talk about in Star Wars and that might bring your spirits up, let us know and we'll uh, talk about it on the next episode. Mm-hmm. With that being said, may the force be with you.
Um, are you guys ready to answer some questions? I think so. Absolutely. All right. Oops, so, actually, give me one second because I unplugged my mic and turned my fan back on. So, son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you told me we were done. You're fired.